When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to There Will Be Dungeons. We are so excited to be playing D&D today. Happy Super Bowl Day. That's where we play D&D as a nation, and we all respect the great D&D that is Dungeons & Dragons. I'm Scott Johnson with Bo Schwartz, John Jagger, Kristen Ashton, and Kyle Ferguson. Squirts is also with us, and we are... No, Chunks. Sorry, Squirts is not here. Chunks is here. Uh, we're going to go uh, forward, never back, always forward, and get ready for a great episode. So sit down, get something to snack on, grab those hot wings, while we let Kristen sum up our last episode on There Will Be Dungeons. Last time on There Will Be Dungeons, a bird burst into the bedroom bombing the now normal Nash. Naked and nasty, he tossed into a tiny tussle that tuckered the troop before bounding back to bed and then breakfast. They donned their dapper dress to continue to the clerk's quarters, jetting as gentry their fiction fabled fortune from Earth. Unfortunately, the portal purveyor was a particularly powerful and prickly person, Tobacco Joe, who was holed out in a hideout known as the Hive. Stanley offered the option of sitting in Sigil. They had business, bank, and bent. Why return to a resting residence removed of these resources? Burrell led the listing of all the important incentives instigating their initiative. Stanley maintained maybe they mustered the means to stay, but he agreed to aid in finding a fissure. Next, they gathered gear to sift through the sewers to seek Hope's handguns. Scully was scoured as well as a shafted shade and eyeglasses that exposed ethereal engagements. As Nash bonded with the bulbous bumbershoot, Stanley and Hope confirmed their continued contract with Catobalpraith, fee if found. A portal popped open and Nash peered through. He boggled at bewildering boundless bugs and back before being bifurcated by the breach. They ran to another room and rallied with the rat Varel and Nash had met moments after making it to Sigil. For a fair, the rat revealed Mulder's mess. He was in the talons of the terrible troublemaker, Tobacco Joe. Now rejoin our heroes as they celebrate their serendipitous situation. Will they ignore the implications of indecency of Tobacco Joe and dare to deal? Will Nash weaponize the Woody? And which is the most worrisome, one rat-sized adventure or one adventure-sized rat? Stay tuned for today's adventure through the secret streets and baffling beats of Sigil. Bo, it is in your lap. Do with it what you will. Well, well done as always, Kristen. Uh, the four of you, yeah, the four of you are um, okay. So here we are. We're in the sewer. You're in the dark below, underneath Sigil, and the four of you 
are circled around, scratching your chins, thinking about rat-sized adventures. And as you sit there, all contemplating in silence for a moment or two, uh, Jarver the Carver speaks up and says, What are you all doing? You've been quiet for a whole minute. <laughs> Hello? <laughs> Nash has nothing to say to the rat man. We're busy thinking for the moment. <laughs> All right, then. Well, um, don't let me bother you. I'm going to uh, look for some tasty morsels. And then he turns around and begins digging through the pile of trash that he's in, looking for tasty morsels. You hear a drip of water condensating from the walls as it hits the water. Whoop, whoop. Now, when last we left off, Varel had suggested something about rat-sized adventures. Mm-hmm. Have I told them what I saw in the in the room? I guess I did because they know that there were bugs in there. What I saw in the portal or whatever. I don't know if you did or the not. The portal void. I think maybe you said it was bad. Okay. And then it was the portal door was beginning to fade, and so you stuck your head and grabbed your uh, umbrella dildo and. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Put it back in the inventory and the door closed. And you, you escaped from dying through the closing portal. All right. Well, I will also just say to them, you know, keep your eye out for these. These, this Maybe we'll see more of this and we should be, we should be careful. The dildo? Yeah. Not the dildo. The, door, <laughs> the portal door. Keep your eye out for this. We might see more of them. <laughs> there might be another. Yeah. Never know. They come in twos. So did right. you say anything out loud? You were to them, yeah. Nash, yeah, yeah you, okay. You told us about the spider creatures. Yeah. I told you yeah. all about the whole, what I saw in there that I got out with just me and my banana dildo. All right, well, let's make a note of it not to go portal hopping unnecessarily. Especially you, Nash. You are prone to just We'll say throwing yourself at anything that comes your way. It just seemed like maybe something, I don't know, maybe a way out of here. It's a portal well, it for heaven's sake. It is, but perhaps not favorable to our current situation, nor is it where we intend to go. This is true, but, uh, you know, what if we find another one and that portal is back to the waste and that's our way out? We just need to be, I'm just saying we need to watch out keep our eye open. Didn't hurt to poke my head in there. Oh, that's true. If something were to happen to your head, would it grow back? Uh, no, I don't think so. Oh, yeah, maybe, because I'd have to... I think maybe it might. If I survived before with just the heart, I think if, as long as the heart's yeah, intact... So, so when, <clears throat> when you emerged from the, the portal, you didn't have a head. So there was an awkward couple of days where there was just a lump where your like, shoulders sort of appeared, and there was just a lump with an eyeball in it for a while. This did happen? this past eight days. Yeah, yeah, over the past eight days. You know, you rested. Oh, oh, You didn't oh. just all come together. At one point, you looked like you had a giant wart between your shoulders with an eyeball in it, and it eventually formed into a head. Yeah. So I'm like a, one of those lizards. You cut their legs off, they grow back. It's pretty great. All right, well, you're officially signed up then as our portal checker. 
Which lizards are these? <laughs> oh, sorry. These are um, more of an ancient ancestor to your people. A little, imagine a small, scurrying version of you. That's well, that's a, exactly what I'm proposing for our adventure. Yeah, we could do that. Really? How could we do that? Hey, Varel, how could we do that? The magic, the, the spells you cast could help us to shrink to the size of Carver, invade the hive, and catch Tabacho Joe unaware. The only thing I have that could even remotely cause that is uh, I do have the ability to change you into an animal only one of you at a time and only for an hour. Uh, Carver. Jarver pokes his head up and a bunch of bunch of garbage <laughs> sort of splooshes. <laughs> um, it's not Tabacho Joe, it's Tabacho Fleur. I'm what? sorry. I saw that in my notes nope. right as we started. You did an awesome job. I'm not. I'm don't sorry. worry about it. Don't worry about it. It's perfect. <laughs> but that's okay. But why are you trying to kill him? I'm not trying to kill him. Merely rob him and use his portal. Um. Perhaps you can go and, and visit him. You don't need to sneak underground for that. But the hive was a place of scum and villainy, we were told. It is. But it's more dangerous below ground than it is above ground. All kinds of dangers are present. Would you like your journey to take a long time? If you could turn small like me, you could get there quickly. But you are not small. That is why we are discussing the size change. Of course. For the expedience. How long would it take to get there your sized? Mm, perhaps six hours. Oh, ten hours. What about well, as, how long would it take us as we are? It depends on which passages are open and which are not. I have not traveled beneath the hive in some time, but I know the way. The unexpected can always occur in the dark below. Well, seems we should take a cab. <laughs> and decide if six to seven hours is a preferable means of transportation. The rat people stay well enough clear from Tobacco Fleur's domain. You should go. If you visit there, you should be on your best behavior. Well, I don't think we're going to be able to use this rat. The... Timing on it isn't going to work. I say we find out another way, maybe go in direct like. Who knows? Maybe we can have a conversation. We're good at those. Well, then. I'm sure it's almost dinner time. And my presence will be needed in the kitchen. <laughs> That's like how you're responsible. <laughs> we'll need some street clothes for Nash, though. Yes, Nash has soiled his garments in the most disappointing way. <laughs> well, fine. Any, I'll take anything, because I don't actually care much, but if we need this for, you know, appearances, I'll do it. Maybe the rat's got extra stuff. Hey, rat. The rat's things would be soiled, too. 
Yeah, but maybe he knows somewhere. It, something I can get. You have a stash somewhere of like good clothes? Well, soiled would be fine because we're going to a bad place anyway. Yeah, I don't think we're going to want to attract attention that we might have more money than we do. Mm. So we should dress as ruffians then and go purchase <laughs> eye patches and scarves exactly. with tatters and, and yes. wear false teeth. <laughs> <laughs> if you want, Pharrell. I know a place where you can get clothing. We'd have to wait till nighttime, though. But there's a tailor. It's <laughs> getting a little Pooh Bearish. Oh, there's a little tailor. <laughs> there's a little tailor. Oh, just a bit of honey. <laughs> Stop laughing at me. <laughs> it's not funny. Uh. Perhaps my friend Rabbit will help. <laughs> I do have a tailor. Oh, Tigger. <laughs> you rude, rude people. <laughs> I know of a tailor. And um, when he sleeps at night, it is easy to go in and steal things. Oh, Travel so can steal something for you. You're proposing we just take what we need. Isn't that how all things are obtained? By taking? Not traditionally, no. Normally, there's a required exchange for goods or services in exchange for the things you're taking. Yes, I'm familiar with that, but rats aren't exactly welcome up above. Mostly we take. Do you want me to take some clothes for you? Yes. Wait, it, it'll cost us either way. Yes, will want to be paid for free. Yes, exactly. Unless you remember come with the, me. Remember the bird. Nash, remember the bird. Oh, <clears throat> I remember the bird. Right, right, the rat... Works in cheaper means than the bird, but the rat still wants payment. Why not go back to Lohar Lohar and request we be uh, decorated as ruffians? I feel like I'm already there, but yes, let's do it. All right. Well, let's head that way then. All right. So you guys start leaving? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Jarver looks and says, well, don't say bye or anything. <laughs> Goodbye, Jarver the Carver. Mm. I hope you Very find well, some honey. Yeah. All right, so you guys, <clears throat> you know, remove yourselves from the room, walking away, sort of ignoring Jarver, except for Varel, who says goodbye. <laughs> and you find your way back quite easily to the stairs, back up to the Sigil surface. And there it's, you know, after afternoon it's afternoon and the din of uh, mercantilism is at full pitch you hear metal clanging on metal you hear people talking there's trade happening and you walk down the road back to the welcome center and make your way to the soggy feather um, now the soggy feather is a sp- spot that you can stop or you can continue on to the marketplace if you're going to see lohar lohar i'll continue to the marketplace i've got no need to change yeah. Okay, so uh, you guys continue on. Uh, you go past the soggy feather and continue on back down to the great bazaar, and there the market's in full day. And there's a lot of people having conversations, a lot of clients, a lot of stands, a lot of buildings that circle the entire 
uh, triangle area of the bazaar and you make your way through uh, the population. Varel, you do notice that people look at you and seem to acknowledge who you are. Some of them try to wave at you. And, you know, people generally seem to recognize Varel and his entourage as an M-Sports fighting champion. And you make your way back to Lohar Lohar, and Lohar looks up from his client and then pushes the client away and goes, Ah, Varel, you are back. It is good to see you again. How was your clothing? Did it serve you well? Lohar Lohar, my trusted friend. The clothes have served me greatly. However, I propose a greater challenge to one such as yourself. Oh? And what challenge is this? Me and my friends are looking to play a part of sorts. And we must appear gruff and streetwise. Hmm. And do you have any suggestions on how you want to do this? We need clothing that inspires those that look upon us to know we mean business, but not not money business, the business that the Lady of Pain doesn't allow, the business of fighting, but to look the part, not to perform the part. This is why I like my friend Vorel. Everyone, Vorel is in the process of creating a new fashionable trend. I'm very excited to help you with this, Mr. Vorel. Okay, and um, I'm going to ask you a series of questions. Uh, let me know if you find them acceptable and want them or do not want them. Spikes. Hmm. How feels we about spikes? <laughs> spikes are awesome. How feels we? <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Yeah, we're we're pro spikes. Pro, pro, we are about the spikes and um, belt clasps. Oh yes, a great many belt clasps. Decorative belt clasps. Yes. Mm. Gonna wind up looking like a Kingdom Hearts character. <laughs> that or the bad guy from Highlander. <laughs> and do you prefer ropes or chains? Oh, chains, surely. Rope. 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 Oh. I'll take rope. <laughs> very well. A variance of rope and chains. Uh, Hope seems to say no. I, I don't know how I know her name, but she says no. I just want rope. Fine. It is rope for us. R- rope for everyone. Yes, we, we must look as, as together, as a unit. One cannot have chains while another has rope. I mean, we don't want to be ostentatious about it. We need to look like we're tough, but not that we have so much money we can afford yes. fancy spikes. That, but we, we are hauling things, but not things of such great weight that they would break rope. Yes. If we had the you, metal for chains, we turn them into spikes. And do you prefer mobility or do you prefer uh, solid armor? I need mobility. I need mobility. Mo- mobility. Mobility it is. But Varel, wouldn't you need armor? Oh, if anything actually goes down, I will get naked in the moment. <laughs> Hope nods. And um, <clears throat> what if there was to be some kind of metal upon these clothing? Something sinister? 
can I have a blacksmith forge some kind of baubles? Do you like skulls? Ooh. Do you want um, a demon's face? Yes, we can. And turn to the group. We can pose as a as a gang, and we can be the 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 Hope gold. Shaking her head, no. The rambunctious bunch. Demon-faced devils. Ooh, I like that one. Well, I want you to picture this in your mind and and think if it's actually that intimidating to you. Mm -hmm. If you saw this as it's being described, would it scare you? The spikes with the rope? Perhaps. And what about if they all had matching skulls attached to it? You do... And I'll, I'll pull up close to Stanley and just be pointing at Hope. She is heavily um, profiled here. Uh-huh. I see what you mean. We can dress however we want as long as Hope leads the way. They'll think we're all the spawn of devils. All right, maybe we go with a, a demon. Yes. A horned we, demon emblem, then. Demonic entourage of of not hope. What's the opposite of hope? Despair. Despair. Yeah. Yes, yes. We will call her Lady Despair. <laughs> Write it down. Lady Deathstrike. <laughs> Lady Despair and the Rambunctious Bunch. My favorite Saturday morning cartoon. <laughs> I'm going to pollute the river. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so did so skull accoutrement. Yeah. Well, demon, a demon, demon emblem. Yeah. Matching. Yeah. Okay, and um, I know you want mobility, but what about um, uh, boots, uh, shoes, moccasins? What boots. footwear is best? Boots and a fancy boot or more of a um, steel uh, miner's, miner's boot, steel toes. Oh, okay, miner boots. Do you want any secrets in the boots? Hope will smile, but she won't say anything. Um, what kind of secrets are you talking about? Well, it's possible to outfit a boot with. Uh, a friendly negotiating tactic. Yes, we definitely want that. Okay. Well, I think I have everything I need to start putting together um, a uniform for you that is dangerous and rough. But um, it will take me a bit of time. How urgent is this? There is no immediate rush. In fact, we have arrangements in the morning, so tomorrow noon at the earliest, but we can wait longer, should your craftsmanship require. Well, the clothing would be ready tomorrow, but the the, met, the medallions, the metal, I can't speak for the blacksmith and what he'll need. So it may be longer than a day, two days for this. Very well, two days. And with all the work that's going into this, it'll be 50 gold outfit 
Very good. All right. Well, Varel, you are my favorite customer. Give me a hug. And I embrace you. His big orc <laughs> arms, and you guys clasp a ball of green muscle and bronze muscle, green and bronze muscle, <clears throat> hugging one another. And he says, everyone, the great M Sports fighting champion, Varel, is shocked at my stand again. Please I come and see about- some of <laughs> Please, go. <laughs> I am unable to stop. These deals are too good. <laughs> a thousand pardons, Varel. He speaks true. These deals are incredible. <laughs> and then some some customers come flocking towards the stand and begin engulfing Varel, uh, not Varel, but um, uh, Lohar Lohar and his work clerks uh, with demands. Lohar looks at you and he says, Two days. I shall return. All right. Anything else that you guys would like to do in the bazaar while you're here? Anybody need anything else while we're shopping? So remind me, Bo, am I in my what were fancy clothes now? They're all just thrashed, right? They're still fancy clothes. It's just from the ankle down. They've got poo on them, like poo water. In the oh, sewer. sorry. My bad. We should do this before it stains, and I'll press the digitate. Actually, he's got more because didn't he like you reached in to get that dong? It probably required you to oh, yeah. into the yeah, water and reach in. So yeah, from the, there's knee, there's dirt all over him. He's just press. But it's not ruined. Nothing's ripped or anything. All right, just but, soggy and dirty. I just start press the digitating while we talk. A little section at a time. All right, your clothes are sparkling new after a few snaps of Stanley's fingers. You look like you're ready for school. All right, well, we've got some time to kill. Uh, Royal, don't you have a uh, engagement this evening? Or is that tomorrow? Is it Friday? What day is it? It's Tuesday. I am many days away from my engagement. Oh. But I'm, I'm going just... to slam that poetry. And we I... will have a good slamming. I've bet you will <laughs> all right well what else for the evening i am to return to the kitchen you all are on your own and i have coaching in the morning to perform so we shall reconvene at two days i'm sure we will see each other in the evening and i run back to the soggy feather <laughs> just leave them there <laughs> just run see you later <laughs> <laughs> okay, you know, so yeah, I mean, oh, Varel has gotten very sure of himself in this environment. He's a superstar it, here. Everyone loves it's, him. It's strange to see him in this element and actually succeeding at it. I think we have to get him out of here as soon as possible. I agree. We don't, I don't need like him going it. soft. Nope. It's not good. All right, so um, unless anyone has anything immediate to do, we can do sort of a two-day time passes sort of deal. Um, Is there anything anyone wants to do in that time that uh, isn't too elaborate? You know, just downtime activities? Hope wants to ask around about Tabacho Fleur and learn what she can about him. 
Okay, we'll do that. Um, anyone else? I will um, go. I want to go to uh, the feather and just chill and sip sip on something and just people watch and hang out there <laughs> for two days. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I'll sleep between, but you know, I'll yeah, come down just I like gotcha. I live at a hotel kind of thing. Yeah, gotcha. Cool, cool, cool. And um, Stanley, uh, probably just keep doing the same thing he was doing for the other days. Do a little research on uh, Sigil, learn more about that place, and uh, keep reading up on the Feywild and you know weird things he's heard about in this place. So reading okay. mostly. Yeah. All right, perfect. So, um, all right. Now, before I resolve these, uh, I just wanted to do a bit of upkeep because I had my notes and it's still stuff I have to do, but I just want to make sure everyone's aware of this. Um, Nash, in particular, I'm going to add this, but if you could put a note on your character sheet, I'm going to eventually add it as a feat. But one of the things that had happened during the transport between realms, I remember how you could float before. Yeah. Um, so, uh, what had happened, um, is that you noticed that you, the thermal underwear has actually embedded itself inside your DNA. Whoa. So you're actually now one, uh, like one, one hundredth thermal underwear. Okay. <laughs> um, and you know this for sure, because actually in your, uh, under your armpit, like if you lift up your arm, there's a little, one of the vents from the thermal underwear is like embedded in your body. Ugh. So what's good is that that's you're what mad. gets him. Not his baby arm. <laughs> not licking weird things. You, not you taking an umbrella dildo inside himself. <laughs> a little vent in his armpit. <laughs> you haven't told the rest of the party, um, but you feel you can still you still have a fly speed of ten, okay. so you can still actually float ten feet okay. in the air, and you're also kept air conditioned if you at will, awesome. and you can turn that off by flicking a switch on your in your armpit. Okay. <laughs> All right. Okay. So, yeah, that wasn't abundantly clear. We let time go by. So right. that's that. Um, hope, hopefully, you can add Scully to your to your inventory. I don't know if you're able to do that yet or not, but you can definitely add that. Okay. Perfect. That's it. Okay. Those. That's all I have on my list here. <laughs> Nash's right. armpit so, and a gun. All right. Good deal. Yeah. Now, um, all right. So, hope you want to find out more about Tobacco Fleur. Uh, we're going to find an appropriate skill check for that. You used to have this nice one in the 4th edition, which was um, your ability to go around and collect rumors that they don't have in this edition. Uh, I can't remember even what they called it, but um, let us do a... So how would you go about collecting the information, I guess, is, is my answer. Is it just through conversation, bars, that kind of thing? Bards. She'd sit at bars listening over, uh, trying to overhear conversations, that kind of thing. Trying to look inconspicuous. Uh, if people keep looking at her horns, eventually she'd get a cape to throw over with a okay. hood. Perfect. So let's make an insight check then. It's a nine. It's a nine? Okay. And um, so, yeah, so over the course of the past two days, you've gone to bars trying to pick up conversation about this Tobacco Fleur. Um, you didn't really hear any conversation and you made a few attempts to just allude to it or open up through sort of a conversation like a bar, just like blah, blah, blah. <clears throat> Excuse me. And anytime the name you mentioned that name, Tobacco Fleur, 
the person you were speaking with usually found a reason to excuse themselves within a few minutes and not talk to you. Um, so your gut tells you that they're, it's a topic of conversation that's not popular among people of Sigil. Uh, so that they might know who that is, but although they don't admit to anything. Um, okay. The uh, Varel, uh, actually, no, you didn't. Let's go to Stanley. So for Sigil, um, you've learned more. Uh, you spent some time doing this. What in particular is your focus of research? Is it talking to people? or? Um, I guess I'd probably be in the library and considering what we had, what we've learned, I think it would probably be more of a focus on the hive for information about that place specifically sure okay it pertains more to where we might be going all right so you wander to the library district let's do a history check for you please uh that's a natural 20 for a total of 26 all right so your search of the library uh comes up profitable um it's sort of an adjacent way of looking at it there's no books on the hive in fact what you're sort of gathering is that the hive is a place for the unwanted. Uh, Sigil is very opulent for the most part. Even when it's grungy, there tends to be tends to be an advanced people. You know, they're, they don't have things like, like guns and cars and stuff you'd think was, you know, on Earth you'd consider advanced. But there's a lot of people who have sort of a, a ma- magical ability. There are a lot of people who are very just brilliant in the part of town that you're in. And that you get the sense that the hive is where all the undesirables go and are placed. Uh, you also learn through a census, it's estimated, uh, but through some census information that the hive's population is easily 10 times that of all of the rest of Sigil. So that there's more people crammed into more places. Um, you also learn that, uh, generally speaking, the there's three types of people in the hive. There's the poor, who can't get out of Sigil, who can't find their way to a better part of town and they're sort of caught there. There is uh, evil people. Just people uh, of a very unscrupulous nature seem to convene in this area as well as chaotic people of all kinds. So there's a lot of chaos there and a lot of turmoil and it's kind of perpetual. And it's only kept in check by the fact that there's usually uh, the harmonium that prevents its borders from expanding by establishing checkpoints all around the hive and um, going in and quelling any riots or or disorder that comes up when it gets too extreme okay okay now nash uh you sat around and drank uh coffee coffee with our arcane spice is that what you were sipping on yeah it sounds good sounds like a thing i'd sit and nurse and Maybe if someone had a card game open, I'd play or something like that. Just super chill. All right, so we have a very enjoyable two days. It's very relaxing, and uh, it's kind of nice not to be on the go, although you do miss your your desert uh, milieu. It's uh, not a bad bad time. But you don't get up to anything, so you don't learn anything new. Uh, Burrell, you you said you had coaching the next day. Yes, at 10 a.m., I am meeting with Facts. Yeah. So unfortunately, facts never showed up. Oh, no. No show, no call. You'd have no idea. He just never showed up. Mm. Your other students did show up, but facts didn't sh- didn't show up. Uh, so unfortunately, I don't know if you would want to go and follow up on that or just leave it lie, but it didn't happen. Hmm. I'll ask 
Tubby Flavor Beard to check in on his friend Fax, but I'll assume that he was somehow required by work to come in on a off day or in general, his boss forced him to not be able to go. Okay. So you send up Tubby Flavor Beard, uh, but Tubby comes back on day two, uh, back to normal training hours and says, couldn't find him. Hmm. Uh, yeah. And so two days goes by with these activities that you've all done. And uh, it is now, what time of day do you want to get started on this day of adventuring? Morning, noon. Oh, we want to be ruffians, right? We'd want to go in the evening. That's when yeah. bad people wake up late from their their drinking and their late night robberies the night before and the cover of darkness. And uh-huh. Okay, so afternoon, we'll say. Give you time to go pick up your clothes. Yeah. All right, so it's afternoon and everyone is now in the Soggy Feather. The Soggy Feather is actually kind of rocking today. Uh, you had a pretty strong training session, but the people that you we're coaching Varel also brought friends. So there's just a lot of people in the establishment. There's about 30 or 40 and they're buying drinks and Bill seems happy. Pam seems happy. Uh, training went well today. And the four of you are seated at the table planning today's trouble. And that. Whatever, whatever that was. It was like a soda filling up, right? No, it was uh, somebody <laughs> sharpening a knife in the corner. Listen. Oh, <laughs> I thought it was one of like the doom doors. I was like, and then the doom, doom marine walks in. <laughs> oh, someone just paid. And someone told a good joke. <laughs> really setting the scene for this conversation. Yeah. And then someone talks. All right, so we've already picked up our clothes, right? No, you have not. Oh. Okay. Let's that. Something you would have done earlier in the day? Yes. We yeah. can pick so that up before the meeting. You, yeah, okay. So let's say you picked it up before the meeting, and you're going to surprise everyone with the look. No one's seen it yet. Awesome. All right, I show up with a box at the table. Yeah, perfect. You show up with a box at the table. And first, I open it up, and I divvy out the boots. All right, and wrapped in ornate... Everything's folded into a nice rectangle, right? The way clothes are. And there's four packages wrapped with a nice, beautiful bow. This wrap, you know, wrapped the top. And they have each of your names on them. Stitched into the bow, even. Very fancy. elaborate. Very fancy. Oh. Yeah. Exquisite as always, Lohar. And I start unwrapping. Okay. Uh, so you begin unwrapping the clothes. And, and you see that, um, essentially, it's leather armor. So everything is a shade of brown. Brown is rough. Everything's a shade of brown or black. There are class, you asked for spikes. So one of the first things you notice is that <clears throat> on the shoulders are, are a massive, just amount of spikes sticking, sticking out of the shoulders. And that there is a belt uh, in, the, in the pile and the belt has spikes as well. And that um, on the sleeves, on the back of the arm, there are smaller, the spikes are large and they get smaller as they go down until they end at the sleeve. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> there's a lot of decorative belt class. So when you put the shirt on, you see that there's belts and ropes sort of like tied across like a sa- like it's a sash, but it's not something extra you put on. It's part of the shirt. And there's all these detailings in it where ropes are present and, and belt clasps. And you like, basically when you put the shirt on the, the silhouette is one of spikes, but the material is one that you look like a pile of belts and ropes that, assumed human form yes 
<laughs> uh, it's all made of leather, so it's it's this is going to be leather armor for you guys if you choose to wear it. <clears throat> and um, there is the demon emblem, which is on the front of the chest, and it's basically it's a demon's face looking very like angry and agonized, and it it you sort of clasp it, you hook it in as this giant metal sort of breastplate in the front. And it has horns and it has its teeth and it has like the eyes have gems in them. So the gemmy eyes are like red. And when light hits them, they sort of flash and glow. Also comes with the boots that you can wear as well. The steel toe boots. The steel toe boots have a little flick. One of them has like a little button that you can flick with one foot tapping the other. And it brings out a spike in the toe. Badass. And then you can just put it back in by pushing the spike against the ground and attracting it back in. Nice. Dirty tricks going on with that thing. I like it. All right. I'm going to take my armor and this looks great. This is fantastic. Yes. It looks a little new, but uh, we can fix that. We can make it look warm and used a bit. Can't you reverse press digitate to also soil something? Yeah. yeah. That's what I was thinking. Uh, sorry if I stole your thunder. I didn't no, know that. Fine. That's fine. cool. That's a good, that's a good idea, Bo. I should do that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, I'm going to go try that. it on. But it's just, you probably were going to do that, but not tell Nash. So Nash gets himself dirty some embarrassing way, then you use press digitate. Yep. <laughs> Hang on to that one. All right, I go get changed into, into the, the getup. Hope gets changed, too. Same. All right. You all get changed, and you look like you're part of some crazy Mad Max biker gang as you get out. Uh, Even even buttons. There's like six buttons in the front, so you realize to close it up, you've got to close up the the, 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 whatever you would call that, the flap. Just flap it over, put the buttons in, then hang the medallion off the front. And what's interesting, you didn't notice about the back, but on the back there are... Uh, also metal medallions on the back and it's of three skulls. There's one big skull and two little skulls on either side of it and the eyes are also laden with gems on the back as well. Perfect. I grabbed the pillowcase that I used to hold down the bird the previous morning and I use it as an one eye patch cover and tie it around my head (laughs) and I get head down to the kitchen, you know, just barge in, pass Bill and grab a piece of coal. Just me. I'm in disguise. Only employees only back here. It, it's me. The, 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 it works perfectly. Oh, jeez. Varel, is that you? Yes. But you shouldn't have known who I was. My God, I thought you were robbing me. I, that's perfect. I am of your coal. And I go over and I grab a piece of, you know, old coal from the stove and rub it on my face and, you know, make myself look a little darker and, you know, kind of get in that eye and really darken it up. All right. <laughs> You have a sooty face. Awesome. <laughs> All right. Do I look like I could go to the hive? Yes. And then some Varel. Yeah, you look hive, hive ready. Excellent. All right. I'm going to do the reverse press the digitate, soil up the clothes. Make it look all gnarly. All right. Everyone's clothes Rough. look like they're filthy, have oil patches, dirt on them. <laughs> All the nice shine from the new 
pressed metal uh, of the skull and the demon face now looks worn and dirty. Yep, they're all soiled. Um, how do we get to the hive? Oh, that's a that's a good question. Yeah, we don't know. We we don't know. Can you take a taxi there? Just say, <laughs> take us to the hive. Surely, yes. Shall we hail a sedan? Yeah, maybe Bill knows. Ask Bill. Bill? Yeah. How do I get to the hive? Um, I don't know. I'm not really going to draw a map for you. Uh, just follow the stench. If you get a if you get a sedan or, or a rickshaw, they'll be able to take you there probably. Perfect, excellent. Yeah, I wouldn't try walking there. It's far enough. All right. It's evening. Are we ready, companions? Yes. I think we're ready for this. Let's go. I hope you are leader of the three skull demon. What was our name? Lady Despair and the Rambunctious Bunch? Yes. You are the leader of the Lady Despair and the Rambunctious Bunch, so perhaps you should call the cab so that when we show up, you pay. And anyone watching is like, that's the leader. No, Lady Despair has her minions do it for her. Oh, very well then. Cab! Taxi! And I put out my arm. You start, you start putting out your arm, and uh, what happens is highly improbable, but it does. Uh, both a, a sedan. So a sedan is a chair with two poles in it, and like six or eight people are carrying the poles, right? And they, they, they. It's like in Game of Thrones or anything else. So one of these begins running down to your location, and as you do that from the other direction, <clears throat> a well handsome, uh, handsome woman uh, pushing a rickshaw also runs up to your <laughs> location, and the two arrive at the same time. The pe- folks in the sedans don't, but don't speak. They just look at you, and they op- one of them uh, stops lifting, opens the door, and motions you in. And the woman uh, with the rickshaw says, Hey, get on out of here. It's my client. Uh, I will lean over to Stanley. Which one of these would make us look rougher appearing in the hive? Uh... I, d- I don't know. I don't actually know which one would. And it doesn't matter. It's we're just going to be dropped off out front, right? Uh, although the hive is a big place. I don't know. We can be either. There's room for us in each of them, right? Room for all of us. Oh. Uh, yeah. Yeah. You could choose one of the two options. I say we go with the rickshaw. She's got a fiery personality that reflects our own. Yes, excellent. That's right. She was here first. And then one of the um, so the men who are carrying the sedan, they basically just wear like they have like a cloth diaper kind of like they're all naked, right? Like just men with no clothes, tanned, and they have those things. One of them <clears throat> steps out and says. The market authority will hear about this. You don't turn away a sedan after you've hailed it. This is highly unacceptable. 
Is that true? Well, it's time to start acting the part. Don't put up with that. Oh, right. I don't like authorities. I am against them. <laughs> As a ruffian. What? Uh... I brim with anti-authoritative energies, and I'm looking to spike whoever messes with me. Um, intimidation check, please. <laughs> Four. Yep. <laughs> Sometimes the dice just know. Yep. <laughs> Listen, we're going to be reporting this infraction um, to the authority, to the market authority. You cannot do, do this, sir. Do it. Get out of here. You're wasting our time. And hope we'll walk to the thing that they're going to take. Okay. He looks at a huff and then, come on, boys. And then <laughs> they take off down the road back to where they were parked waiting for a new ride. And um, so you guys all jump into the rickshaw. And the woman uh, who is uh, super muscular, just like just, just like the last one, Fambo Joe, whom uh, you met, just has a chiseled body, a nice, just muscular, rock-solid butt. And she turns around, looks back at you, and she's like, where do you want to go? Uh, to the hive. Um, I'll take you as far as the gate. How about that? Do it. All right. And then she begins running and pulling you all in the rickshaw. All right, Varel, can we discuss for a moment that intimidation? You are one of the few genuinely intimidating figures I've ever met in my travels. And what you just said was the least intimidated by you I think I've ever been. I think you need to stop trying to be intimidating as you perceive it and just be more of you. But I didn't mean it. All right. How do you feel when you see the city all around you like this? A frustrating reality. Okay, now what if that frustration was tangible? And whoever's in front of you and you're talking to, they're the last barrier to tear it all down. If you go through them, you can tear it all apart. Feel that and explode with it. Explode. Right. Not literally. You don't, let's not set anybody on fire until we're ready, but, you know, anger. So, like a lemon tree situation. Yes, but like like a lemon tree. With words. Yes. Okay. Very well. Right. As this conversation takes place, you progress into an area of town where the buildings start to look a little less cared for. And on the horizon, it's weird because, again, when you look up to the sky, you see city above and you see city on the walls to the right and left. Like, there's just city everywhere. But as you get closer, it's like the the sky becomes dark and smoggy, and there's this sort of black and gray smoke, and your visibility reduces just a little bit, but it's noticeable that it's harder to see the ceiling or the walls. There's more just this gray cloud of smog, and there, as, as you get closer, you see these pillars of smoke coming out from that part of town that you're heading to. 
and everything becomes darker. And and as you move towards this area, you also it smells like a little bit like sulfur, but also cow manure. It's a very bad combination. And as you get closer to this area, the rickshaw uh, attendant uh, slows down to a halt. And she slows down right to a part of town where you can see down the road that there are these men in armor suits. And they appear to be setting up some kind of a um, like a hanging platform. And there's a, there's some cages next to them. There seems to be some some humanoids. You can't make them out as far away uh, in cages. And, and the rickshaw attendant says, well, this is as far as I'm going. That'll be one goal, please. I will reach into my bag and pull out the one gold and hand it over. All right. Good luck. And she runs off with her rickshaw as you guys, after you guys disembark. And you're now in the street. Uh, the street that you're on, it's wooden buildings to the left and right. There's nobody out on the street right now except for the men in suits of armor. Some of them are in suits of armor, and there's a few men who've doffed some of their armor, and they have hammers and looks like pails of nails, and they, they appear to be taking lumber and erecting some kind of a, a you know, platform. And you hear doo, 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 of nails hammering, echoing throughout the area. Just like that. Man, that was quick. Johnny on the Scott, spot over click here. With, click with the folder work. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta add to the mystique, man. Alright, well. Let's head on in. Okay, so you approach this, what you're seeing before you, and as you get closer, you notice that um, there's basically, there's about 12 uh, different men who appear to be wearing different sorts of the official armor. Some of them have doffed some of them, as I said, but there's one in particular who's mounted on a horse who comes into view as you walk down the road. He's in his full plate. He's got a large halberd that he's holding onto uh, with a great flag at the top. And there's more men sort of... Basically, all the men are participating in erecting this platform. On the right side, there are three large steel cages. Appear to have people inside of them. And then there's a platform they're building across on the other side of the road. Now, the man and the horse is in the middle of the road. And two... There are, sorry, two guards next to the cages. And the remaining... I said 12, right? Um, the remaining nine people are in various forms helping build the platform. Should probably... I don't know. And this is on the path uh, in your direction, like they're standing in the way. Stanley, do your magic. What magic? I mean, you know, you're, t you're, you're talking. You're good at talking. Look, it's just... For this, it's just best to look like you belong and move with purpose. Just, just walk. eyes down, move with meaning. We're not worried about whatever it is they're doing here. Let's just move along. Okay. All right, we're gonna move along. Heads down. So you're gonna try. You're gonna try and walk by them without engaging them, essentially. Yeah, just like they're in our in the way of where we're going. All right, so as you get closer, the man on the horse looks out and goes, Oh, ho, ho, ho! stop there now! 
That's quite far enough. Identify yourselves. Um, we're just looking to get home. He trots around on his horse a bit. He says, in the name of the harmonium, who are you? Well, I'm Stanley Billings. Who are you? Tougher. Be tougher than that. All right. And we're going to use for the first time that there will be Dungeons NPC name birthing generator. Oh, look at that. Which will, should be available in the DM box at some point in the future. So let's wow. see what we got. Amazing. Oh, yeah, Just a fun little plug there. Okay. Let's scroll down a lot. I'm bragging. I don't know why I'm doing that. Okay. Uh, I have to scroll so much. Oh, all the scrolling I gotta do. Okay. <laughs> this is a bad idea. I am Sir Unindra. <laughs> Unindra. <laughs> I am Sir Unindra of the Harmonium, captain of the 57th Legion. We are responsible for guarding this passage into the hive. All right. I urge you to turn back now. Well... That's fine, but we need to get that way. Well, maybe you can start by identifying yourselves, as I've asked. I just did. Stanley Billings. Trying to get home. There's three others of you. Who's the rough-looking one? And why are you all wearing matching outfits? Which rough-looking one? The one with all the soot on his face. Oh, I'm Nash Maggard of the... You don't need to know where. <laughs> I'll be the judge of whether I need to know something or not, sir. Tell me who you are. I did. Nash Maggard. You told me half. You're of something. The Solar Mines. You've never heard of it. Why do you presume to know whether or not I've heard of something or not? If you'd have it heard of so it. It just so happens I might have heard of something called a solar mine. Had you heard have of you? it, you'd be dead. Have you heard of it? It's not important. <laughs> What's important here is <laughs> yeah, that I'm the authority of, of this passage. And you will not pass without the approval of the harmonium. And you are off to a very poor start. Wait a minute. Are you here to keep people out or keep people in? Men, we have troublemakers. And the men begin to stop. They stop their work and they all sort of turn around. Some of them put hands on hilts. Damn right we're troublemakers. Why, we've made so much trouble in this town. I just feel it inside. The anger, the uh, raw aggression of my primal nature. <laughs> Intimidation roll. Uh, roll higher than a four. <laughs> Twenty-two. <laughs> so they all look at each other, and they, and, and they appear to look a little un uncertain. And the men, not you need rough. <laughs> Seeing a moment to jump in, Stanley goes, "No, you're right. Clearly, this is the kind of element they want walking around up there." And Sigil, let's go. By all means, let's turn around and go mingle up there. I'm. 
feeling like making trouble at a certain end that I know the name of. I can't contain... I, I need to smash the soggy feather. Let's go, everybody. <laughs> okay, um, can I get the persuasion roll from Stanley, please? Uh, sure. Persuasion A. 27. Mm -hmm. 27. Okay. I've had an idea, men. They don't look like they're very safe travelers, and we probably should let them into the hive and not let them back out. Do you agree with my idea? <laughs> what a dick. <laughs> the men look at each other and they go, very well. We will allow you to pass into the hive, but know this. We will not allow you to come out. And then he trots his horse over to the side and takes his halberd and motions down the path. Very good. Now get on with yous! Alright. Gonna proceed. Alright, so you guys all walk solemnly down between, you know, on either side of you are harmonium guards. All of them looking nervous. All of them hands on the hilt, ready to, to fight. It, the moment you do something rough <laughs> and rambunctious, <laughs> and, <laughs> and they, all, they all just kind of look at you very tensely. And then, as you look, um, as you as you walk by, you notice that there's a, a strange-looking, like hairy, furry creature in one of the cages. And he goes, oh, "Hello there, come save me, sir. Sir, come save." Help me! I didn't do it! I didn't do it! And then, um, Unidra, Sir Unidra of the Harmonium, takes his halberd, walks over to the cage, and smacks it. Shut up in there! You'll be hung soon enough! Spend what last moments you have in quiet! And then he turns back and looks at you to see if you guys are going to do anything about this. Side quest! <laughs> <laughs> Maybe he can... I'll say this just to the group. Maybe he can give us uh, some knowledge about what we're doing, you know, where to go in here, what to do, if we help and him. And how do you propose we help him, Nash? We kill that bastard guard, take the keys, open the thing, like that. And you think this helps our situation? No, well, it doesn't... If we don't get caught... Who else is around? Can other people see us, Bo? Are we? Well, there's no one else out on the street with you, but there are many buildings, and you have no doubt there might be people in there who could be watching, but you can't see any of them. But imagine trying to kill 12 people on the street in New York. That's kind of what you're proposing. Okay. All right, so maybe it's a bad idea. You just want to ignore him then? I mean, that was going to be my intention, yes. The killing part would add to our rough nature, but the letting him go would betray it. Alright, fair point. We mainline the story. Forget about the side quest. Besides, we don't know what this thing did. For all we know, it's worse than the people that are trying to hang it. They're probably trying to hang him for a reason. All right, keep moving. Then. Move along now. What's all this deliberating here? Go. 
Into the hive with you. I think the fuzzy one over there owes me money. What'd he do? The fuzzy one here. Yeah. He's guilty of attempting to escape the hive where he belongs. The punishment is death. Why is the punishment death? Why isn't the punishment just turn him back around and send him back into the hive? Because death is the ultimate deterrent of criminality. It is impossible to commit a new crime if you have no life with which to commit it with. It is thus that we maintain order with the chaotic and evil beings that populate the hive. Well, can't argue with that. Stanley's gonna <laughs> shrug, turn around, and start walking back, back away. I'll catch up to Stanley and lift up my, you know, my pillowcase eye patch. And they're gonna try to kill us if we leave. Yeah, he I just said that. that if we try to leave now, they're gonna try to kill us. Well, we'll come back looking very different, and we'll. <laughs> Did cross you bring that your bridge. fancy clothes? Did you nope. bring fancy clothes? Nope. No, okay. I didn't. But, uh... <laughs> I mean, I technically, yeah, I guess. It's in my backpack, which I'm carrying. Yeah, yeah, I'm not gonna do a gotcha thing, so just tell me. If it's in your inventory, you have fancy clothes. I'm just... Yeah. I'm not gonna... Look, we can come gonna... back looking different. Might be able to get out. Okay. We'll figure something out. But Seems... there's nothing we can do for, for these poor sods. Well, I mean, it's not right to let them just hang them because they want to leave. We're leaving right now. We need to find someone and not mess with these guys in cages. This is unjust that they do this to us. Pharrell, we need to move on. Oh, I'll grumble as I put that (laughs) on my iPad. Alright, so you move past, finally, the checkpoints, and, um, you know, you don't know what happens, the fate of that furry person or the other ones uh, in their cages, and you begin making your way into the streets of the hive. Now, the streets of the hive, the cobblestones on the ground are poorly maintained, so the ground is uneven, weeds and plants are growing through them. Some of the buildings appear to be covered in this, in this, you know, when plants grow on buildings and stuff like that, those wall-covering ones? The buildings here have that, except they're black and they're filled with thorns, like really large, visible thorns uh, covering a lot of the buildings. And it just looks really run down. As you make your way down one or two intersections and make your way in, a giant, like, uh, not a giant, sorry, but rather sort of a ball of trash gets flung out in front of you and has fire on it. It's on fire and just hits the ground. Poof. And then you hear a lot of shouting, coming from around the corner of the next intersection. It's another side quest. Nash, what is this? <laughs> <laughs> We're trying to stay on course here, but it's attempting to go check out other stuff. Do you want to find the source of the screaming and the noise? I do. All right. Let's just check it out. Look, the hive is going to be full of 
drama and unfortunate people and evil people and people just doing random things. We cannot stop to help every poor soul we come across. It's just not going to happen. We're not going to change it. Perhaps we're lovable brigands in our own town, a sort of neighborhood uh, helpful gang. But on the outside, we appear gruff to society. I don't see how this is going to get us where we need to go. I do see how this is going to get us stabbed and killed. Fine. Alright, so you, you want to investigate the, the shouting? No, we're moving on. Okay, so you, you... Which way? So you're right now, you're in the middle of an indescript road. The passage goes straight, you can continue walking down, and you can turn left or right at the next intersection. You will see what's coming if you cross this intersection. Well, we do need some information. We have no idea where exactly we're going now that we're here. So it might not hurt to endear ourselves to at least someone down here who can give us that information. Ash is good at talking to new someones. Mm. I don't know. And he'll appear gruff and confused while doing so. This is true, and I don't know that Stanley would agree with you on the good at part, but do whatever you want. And then as you guys talk this way, you guys hear, Hey! Hey, friends! Hey, friends! That's your chance, Nash. Go prove Varel right. Yes, hey, friend! Uh, who are you calling friend? You! Uh, hey, hey, man, how's it going? And a human sort of dressed up. And he's got like a jacket. And he's got a white shirt on. His leather jacket. He's got tight, tight, um, you know, dungarees. And he's wearing sort of these um, shiny black shoes. And his hair is about, you know, yay long and like slick. Looks like wetted back. Slick back. He's got a little mustache. Hey, hey, hello, hello, hey. Good to see you. Good to see you. Do I know you? Look, I, uh, I heard you were looking for a good time. What, what kind of good time? Come with me, friend. Come with me. We'll show you a good time. I'm not going anywhere with you without my friends. Listen, listen. He takes, puts a hand on your shoulder, and then he touches your chest. He goes, "Hey, hey! I heard you like girls. You like girls?" Uh, yes, I like girls. How about your friends? Your friends—they like girls. He looks at Varel, and then looks at Stanley, shaking his head. Looks at Hope. He likes lizards. He likes actually, Stanley. I don't know what you like. And then, uh, she likes. She likes it rough. <laughs> I don't know. I can't remember what she likes. <laughs> well, good, good. Come with me. Come with me. Why? why? What? Wait, where are you taking us? This. Give me Look, more information. Friend, friend, I, I know where all the hottest women in the hive are. If you come with me, you can meet them. How do you know we came here for this? And you can even see them. You can't touch. Not unless you pay. I'll look back. Come, come on. And he begins walking and he puts his hand on your shoulder. And he's sort of pushing you uh, to walk with him. Come on, come on. The baby hand will come out and go, just smack him on the arm. Slow down. We don't go anywhere unless we want to go. You hit him with it? Yeah, a little tiny hit. It's not going to hurt him. attack roll, please. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Why not? A 19. Stanley's just... Give Varel a knowing look. 
was a 19. The 19? Okay, so it smacks him for one point of damage, and he goes, Hey! Hey! Why you do that for? I thought we were friends. I'm going to show you where all the pretty ladies are. I don't Come know on. you. First of all, I don't know you. Second of all, I don't like people touching me. And third of all, you deserve to get hit. No. Knock it off. Give me the pitch. Where are we going? Why? What are we? Is this just you trying to get money because you're in charge of a bunch of ladies? This is dumb. Stanley, hey, we're come here. Club. We're going to my club. I got a club. I got a club. I got a club called Daddy Long Legs. I'll look back at those guys. Come, come to my club, Daddy Long Legs. We'll treat you good. He's got a club. He come wants on, us friend. to go to the club and see ladies. Yeah. yeah. Don't go to the place down the road. Their place, the ladies are. Come to our place. Come on. Down the road. Let's go. Pharrell, Stanley Hope, what are we doing? Is there any advantage to go? Stanley just looks over at Pharrell. How do you think he's doing so far? <laughs> Kept talking about the main quest. I thought we would lead with something about our main quest to this man and extract information. Mm. Ask him about Tabajo Fleur. How do you know? Wait, is that the right name? Tobacco. Tobacco. Tabasco. What is it? Tobacco. What is it, Bo? Tobacco? Tobacco. Tobacco. <laughs> uh,. Do you know, maybe I'll go to your dumb club, but you got to say whether or not you know anything about this Tabacho Flow or Tabacho Fleur. Oh, Tabacho Fleur. I know this man. Yes. Yeah, come to my club. We'll tell you all about Tabacho Fleur. Where is he? Come to the club. See the pretty ladies. No. And we'll tell you. You just tell me first, and then maybe I come see your pretty ladies. But, Uh, you know, uh, it's not not something I can talk on the street very easily, you know? Not out here. He says he'll tell us if we go. We have to. We have to go somewhere quiet, and he'll tell us. Probably his dumb club. I look my club down the road, and and then he 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 puts his hand down, and as you get to the corner, and you see that like there is a sign hanging out, and it says "Daddy Long Legs," and there is a long muscular green leg sort of kicking out from from the building. Looks like an orc leg. (laughs) Okay. By the way, I'm having actual deja vu slash like bad memories of a time I went to uh, Mexico. I went to Tijuana and someone talked me into buying a giant heavy chessboard. Like the guy talked yeah. just like this. Anyway. Um, Come right. to my club. Do you want to, what do you guys want to do? I say to my companions. Do we go? They want to come. Look at their face. Do we want to go or no? <laughs> no. Okay. It looks like we're not going then. Goodbye. Thanks. I'm sure your club is great. Now F right off. And I turn around and head toward my friends. All right. And you say that and he looks towards someone else who's walking in the room. Hello, friend. <laughs> he walks towards <laughs> He walks towards these uh, two looking, these two orcs and he begins talking to them. Nash. And what? What the hell was that? <laughs> I didn't expect such a salesman there. That guy was not... He was unrelenting. I thought we could get... Do we need to... What, Varel? Do we need to free the women from his establishment? I mean, I don't know what to what end. Is it a... A zoo? No, no, but I doubt they're there on their own... On their own accord. They're probably forced to be there. It's something you see a lot in where we're from. 
Beautiful women should be liberated. Uh, I agree. Be a big mess, though. If we commit, we gotta commit. I see a big orc leg. What exactly is our goal here? Again, we are not going to change the hive. Every block, there's going to be some injustice for us to correct. Is this what we're here to do? I just don't understand how a man beating up me on stage was attacked by a statue, but killing children and locking up women for their beauty is not avenged by the Lady of Pain. And as you say that, you're a loud explosion. Kaboom! <laughs> and then a pillar of smoke rises up like a couple of blocks down behind, uh, far away from you, you see smoke uh, rising up into the sky. <laughs> you hear screams and people yelling. <laughs> and and all that. Was <laughs> <laughs> that a cow flying by? <laughs> <laughs> yes, it was. A cow actually part part of the explosion. A cow a cow appears to get like blown into the air and just seems to fly over top. <laughs> and then it hits a building and it's sort of stuck in the side of the building. I think the point is that her appearance is inconsistent. Down here seems to thrive somewhat on violence. We need not be afraid to use it when necessary. <laughs> Sorry. The cow, the cow is still mooing annoyingly <laughs> while you guys talk in the building above. All right. Focus, then. Yes, we need the information. Nash's attempt resulted in him <laughs> unsure as to whether or not we should go someplace completely different. <laughs> to be fair, uh, and I think you should defend yourself, Scott, is that you didn't really try. That person approached you. This yeah, was, this I'm not used to the, your attempt. I'm not used to these shyster dudes. Like, <laughs> coming around well, doing sales pitches. That's weird. I don't Hope like has it. achieved a certain rough exterior in her interrogations in the past, perhaps she should ask. Yes, I think that would be a much better idea than Nash Magard of the Solemnites. <laughs> Hope stays quiet for a bit. <laughs> oh, there's Look, a chunk's Nash. problem. All right. <laughs> Nash... It's nothing personal, it's just you're a very intimidating person, but for some reason, you get into these conversations and immediately just become completely unsure if you should go to a club. In what world were we going to a club? I mean, we're not. It's just the point was maybe we could find who we're looking for and more details and, you know, clues and stuff. It's so not why not just kick him in the chest and say, tell us the information we need? That's what Hope would do. All right, we're going to let Hope try. Watch what Hope does. Okay. Hope will look for the closest seedy bar. Okay, well, that would be Daddy Longlegs. Uh, it's the se closest, seediest place you can you can see. <laughs> Hope will nod in the direction of Daddy Longlegs and start walking. <laughs> All right, you start walking. And then as you start walking, does everyone follow her? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah? Yeah. 
right. As, as everyone follows her uh, towards the bar, uh, the man sort of, uh, I guess, sees you from somewhere and he appears right next to you, hoping he goes, Hey, you decided to come after all. You said you had information on Tabacho. Let's talk. Uh, yeah. D- uh, make your way upstairs and uh, get comfortable. Hope we'll go inside upstairs and wherever the guy points him. All right, so he, he brings you to this door, and on the other side of the door, you can see there's a set of stairwells, go a set of stairs going up to the second floor. But he puts his hand in front of it, and he says, sort of motions, one gold, please. Bullshit. Oh, bull, turn around and leave. Start leaving. Up oh, for you, no gold. For you, no gold. Come, come. You're my friend. No, you can come. No. no. We're not paying for this. Let's let's go on, everybody. There are more bars in this place. Okay, okay, okay. No no pay. No come on in. Hope we'll turn around and go back in. Alright. You turn around, you, he opens up the door, he goes back in, and, and once you make it uh, on the inside, uh, there's a stairwell, so you begin walking up the stairs. The stairs make loud creaks. <laughs> and they appear to be covered in years of dried mead. Uh, so it's a, almost a little slippery on the stairs. And as you make your way up 15 stairs, you get to the top, and there's a large orc standing uh, in the hallway. And he points to another orc who's sitting in a window in this hallway. And there seems to be a bunch of weapons in there. He says, check your weapons. Cool. Hope will unload her crossbow and the ammo. All right. Are you sneaking anything in? I mean, there's the thing in the boots, but I'd I'd be lying if I said I hadn't I had forgotten. Oh, I was more referring to Scully, so you're gonna keep that on you, right? Oh, uh, yeah, I can show that it's empty. <laughs> okay, they don't. You, they sh- you show it to you, and they look like they don't even know what it is, so they don't take it off you. Okay, you checking your crossbow, uh, Stanley? You're up. Stanley goes up. Pulls out a rapier, sets it down, pulls out a short sword, sets it down, reaches behind his back, pulls out a dagger, sets it down, reaches into his bag, pulls out another dagger, sets it down, and leaves the one in his boot alone. Okay, very good. Uh, Varel, you're up next. I lower my brow and just try to walk on through. A hand hits your solar plexus. Leave your weapons. Uh, I um, am a weapon. As far as I know, he's unarmed. The, the orc, you actually make the orc laugh, and he, he laughs a bit. This might be the first time you've ever made an orc laugh. Uh, he laughs. It's very small, last, it's short. It's like a microsecond, and then he waves you through. He liked your response. Nash. You're the last to go through a uh, check-in for weapons. I'm going to just do like Varel. I'm going to put my head down and walk through and see if I can do the same. Hand reaches your solar plexus. Check in your weapons. I'll turn around harshly with my bit, my bad red eye. I just look at him and go, I've got no weapons! I don't trust it, says the other horse. <laughs> We're going to have to search you. Spread your arms and legs. You're going to regret it. And I'll spread and them. Do you, ha- do you have any weapons? No. I don't. 
No, you didn't bring. You didn't get a single weapon. No, I have. Well, I have my ball, my my uh, focus okay. thing. Not a, arguably not a weapon. So that's cool. Uh, just checking. You're not. So you're not trying to sneak anything. Out no, no. Just trying to be showing that I'm tough. Okay, perfect. So uh, you get cleared. He goes. All right. He doesn't have any weapons. Let him through. They let you through. Okay. You make your way around the corner, and as you walk down this hallway, the din of like loot begins filling. This is loud um, orchestration of loots happening, and as you walk into uh, around the corner, you enter into a smoky, smoky bar. It is filled with glittery smoke. So the smoke isn't just gray from like cigarettes, but it sparkles and shines. Like it has magical little sparkles in them everywhere. The room is just sparkling. And you see there's a bar on one side of the room and there's a, <clears throat> a rather tall looking woman who's serving people at this bar. The room is mainly filled with men, mostly orcs, and upon the stage is the most mind-bending thing you've seen. It is some strange woman of some strange race with nine breasts and six hands that is just massaging her breasts and dancing all around in the top and doing uh, is on a pole and swinging around the pole uh, in a crazy strip club dance. Now, with that image, we'll take a break and when we come back, uh, <laughs> we'll play more Dungeons and Strip Clubs. All right. Uh, come back in a second. We'll see you guys then. <laughs> Brought him back to where he was conceived. At the street. He'll be eating for hours. That's right. Alright, we're uh me recording? Yes. We're back at it and hello and welcome to part two. Bo, where were we? Alright, so you're standing in the doorway of this establishment known as Daddy Longlegs. There's a bar to the left with various patrons seated at the bar. Places packed. There's a lot of tables full. Uh, the stage has a strange green-skinned looking woman. Skinny, though. Not thick like an orc, like you were led to believe from the advertisement outside. Uh, with nine breasts and six arms. And dancing in a very provocative and fully nude way uh, on a stripper pole. And the stripper pole is like kinked and damaged like something heavy was using it recently so it's not straight it's all just like broken and still looks strong and connected but it's twisted you know it's got twists in the metal um there is a large group of orcs all seated around the stage you know the people sit right at the stage those dudes are there these are orcs that are sitting there uh and they have a noticeable like harness with spikes on it that they're wearing, almost like He-Man style harness. Just they don't have shirts on; they just got these harnesses. Some of them have helmets with like spikes uh, in them, horns. Uh, place is packed with patrons. There are waitresses around. There are lots of other nude women sitting on the laps of of men uh, throughout this place. And you notice uh, towards the back, in, in a less than desirable spot, there is an empty table with six or seven chairs, two tables sort of mushed together. There's also a stage to the right where there's a lute player playing the lute. You know, sexy lute, strip music. <laughs> That's super sexy. Oh, I'm in the mood. <laughs> and, uh, and the place has a thick haze of smoke in the air, and immediately it, you can inhale it, and there's sparkles in the air. 
place is dim as well. Cool. Hope we'll walk back to the table that's open. All right. And your party follows you back to that table. Everyone takes a seat. And no sooner have you taken a seat than uh, you hear uh, the movement of someone behind you. And as you sit down and look up to see who this is, there's a tiefling woman, and not naked. This one, she's wearing a, f- a frock. And she goes, hello, um, can I get you anything to drink? Four things of mead, please. Very good. And she disappears. And after she disappears behind her, uh, some uh, more women come walking. These ones nude behind. And they walk up. So where's everyone seated exactly? I don't know. Is there like a sort of... circular seating? Is it benches? What yeah. is it? It's just two circle tables mashed together in a corner, very unceremoniously. Everything's kind of sticky from years of mead. Place doesn't look like it gets clean very much, although it's hard to hard to see. Uh, the walls in this dim light. But uh, four nude women, uh, one human, one halfling, one tiefling, and one orc approach the table, and they each take uh, pick one of you uh, and sit down on your lap. Hope, Hope you... will shove hers off. Okay. <laughs> <clears throat> Varel, you've got the orc. Stanley, okay. you've got the halfling. Okay. Did it have to climb up on his lap? <laughs> Nash, you uh, sorry, we've got orc halfling. Uh, I said human halfling, orc. Uh, Nash, you got the tiefling woman. Oh, okay. And the one you pushed away was the human uh, hope. And she looks offended. She goes, "Oh, I'm sorry, baby. <laughs> Please, it's okay." And she takes, she reaches out a hand and is going to try and begin massaging your neck. No, Hope will grab the wrists and throw her hand away. She looks embarrassed and just sort of hurries off, walks away without any event. Um, so, uh, Varel, an orc is uh, a naked female orc, is now sitting on your lap. <laughs> Stanley, you've got the halfling lady. Uh, yeah. Climbs up onto your lap. She's nude, breasts and all, just right there in front of you. And. and and Nash, you've got a tiefling woman. <laughs> You're staring at Hope with a t- naked tiefling woman sitting on your lap. In I'm... uh in Thank Halfling, you. I'm going to say to the girl quietly Not here for this. We need information. Who do we talk to? And Halfling back to you says, Oh now. Just relax. You're in a happy place now. Buy me a drink, please. I'm gonna say a little more sternly. I don't think you get the meaning, and I motion towards hope. We're not fooling around. (laughs) Information. Who do we talk to? (laughs) You've come to the wrong place if you want to fool around a bit. And she takes her fingers and on the bridge of your nose does like a... Ew. That's weird. <laughs> Nash the tiefling looks to you and says, <clears throat> Would you buy me a drink, please, sir? I'll say, You smell like strawberries and sadness. <laughs> oh my God. That's it. That's all I'm saying. Straight dirt face. Are you, trying to, are you trying to provoke a reaction of some kind? I'm not really, just... 
She smells like strawberries and, and sadness. And she, she, she puts her arm around you, around your back, and then faces you, and so her breasts are in your face, and she rubs your chest, and she goes, There, there, now. It will all be better soon. Buy me a drink. We'll have a good time tonight, baby. Nothing you do tonight will solve the horrible childhood you had. <laughs> I got dark, didn't I? <laughs> Nash really going for a, a personal attack right there. Jeez. Kicking him low. Now, now. You've probably had a rough day. Would it shock you to know I didn't have that rough of a childhood? I don't know if I'm comfortable with this. My friend is one of you, and I don't like to think of her in this way, and so you're naked, and that's weird. Well, you have a friend who is a dancer? No, she's a tiefling. It's her over there. I point at Hope. Oh, she looks fierce. I'm also married, so this isn't oh, going to her? go anywhere. No, she's more like you a have... sister. I, I have a wife who's not here. That's okay. We don't have to do anything that makes you upset. This is a place where we have fun, where we have a good time. So I don't, I don't want to do anything you don't want to do. I just want to have a drink. She right. rubs your chest again. All right, and I'll say, okay, well, sit over here, and I'll ask her to move over and sit, not on me, but near me. Okay, so she gets off of your lap and sits down on the chair next to you. All right. And then she reaches out her hand and she takes your hand and holds it. Um, uh, Varel, you have a, an orc uh, lady sitting on your lap. She, she has no clothes on. I cross my arms. I'm sitting with, you know, kind of spread eagle wide and just gruff. And I say, ah, oh, this is what Toyota Stump is into. She looks at you and says, You look tough. I Varel. am. And Hope's going to shake her head now. What you is... are a tough man. Hope this is my character. Hope will look away then. Uh, you look away, and as you look away, you look at a patron at another table. Now it's a skinny, skinny, like the picture the skinniest, oldest human. He's bald. He's just got a little bit of hair on either one of his sides. He's nursing a drink, and he's been looking at you this whole time. And when he smiles, he's got one tooth. And he looks at you and smiles with this one tooth. And then he points his finger at you. And then he smacks the back of his head. And then his eye pops out into his hand. And then he takes it and he eats the eye. And then... It appears back in his eye socket. And he smiles at you with his one tooth. Foul. <laughs> Hope will look at a different table. <laughs> you look at a different table and you see some, uh, there's some goblins sitting at a table with giant drinks in their hands and they're all looking and they're slapping each other. You can't hear what they're saying. And then you feel a tap on your shoulder. Hope. Feel a tap on your shoulder. She'll look and see who tapped her. It's the old man. (laughs) (laughs) He's apparently standing up now, and he's not much taller standing up than he was sitting down on the chair. Uh, Yes. And he he reaches out a little hand, and he goes, "Hello." Yeah. 
Hope will shake it. He shakes your hand, and using the There Will Be Dungeons name generator list, we will find out what his name is. Okay. This is fun. I like this edition. Right. Hello. My name is Gapsafane. <laughs> nice to meet you. It's nice to meet you too. I just wanted to say how very pretty you are. Thank you. Do you work here? No. Now please leave. <laughs> if you worked here, I would ask you for a dance. I'm sure you say that to everyone. Now please leave. Where are you from? Hopeful stare forward and no longer make eye contact with this creepy old guy. Alright, then he says the following. <laughs> he says, It'd be fun to hang out with you guys. Can I have a seat? Hopeful kick the chair over the one that's next to her. He goes, oh, okay then. And then he slinks away back and sits back. You don't know what's going on with him. He just slinks out of you. Alright, and then Hope's just gonna wait and see if uh, that guy comes back to talk. And she'll give him 10 minutes. 10 to 15 minutes. If he's not back by then, she'll get up and start leaving. The guy at the front door? Yeah. Yeah, you're fairly certain that he wasn't all that he is cracked up to be that his job was to get people into the door and you don't think you're going to see him again he's back down there doing that thing right now hope we'll take another look around to see if there are any persons of note who might seem like they're dealing in more that that would have information on tobacco sure insight check please Uh, 20, not natural. Okay, so you have a look to see if there's any interesting patrons or any sort of, someone that might be worth speaking to within the establishment. Uh, the establishment seems to mainly be filled with, uh, you know, men that are here for their carnal entertainments for the most part, with other uh, male friends. Uh, you sort of look around for someone who's more serious who might be in this place. The only thing that strikes you as someone of interest is that there's a hooded man where well, you're fairly certain based on the figure it's a man. You can't be 100% sure. There's a hooded figure sitting at the bar um, who doesn't appear to be with any dancers, doesn't appear to be talking with any friends, appears to be there alone. Um, apart from that, you don't really get the sense that this is a serious place uh, in terms of the clientele. Okay, um, Hope will <laughs> leave the party to their girls and go saddle up next to the guy and buy him a beer. Oh, man. All right. Or the hooded figure. Okay, so you sit down, you tell the barkeep, babe, buy this uh, person a drink, and, and, and the hood sort of moves a bit. You can't see inside the hood. You just hear a voice saying, thank you kindly. Come here often? 
Uh, in fact, uh, no, I don't. Where are you from? Oh, here and there. And you've heard enough of his voice to recognize there's a tiefling lilt to it. But you can't see, it's a male's voice, you think, um, but you can't see his face, the hood is over top. I knew here myself, kind of trying to get to the lay of the land. Mm, new to uh, this establishment or new? Seagull, the hive, this whole crazy place. Oh. And uh, you've piqued this person's interest that the hood puts a hand up and the hood comes back a bit and you see a heavily scarred, um, very deep red face behind the mask. Eyes are almost glowing with a sort of crimson. A very striking figure. And as he opens his mouth to speak, you see that he has gold teeth. But on each of the gold teeth, there are little skulls etched into each of the teeth. He goes, oh, where are you from? A uh, place pretty far from here. Earth, if you've ever heard of it. Have you ever heard that the theory of the center? No. Hmm. That nothing is really far when you're in Sigil. You are the center of the universe, just as I am the center of mine. Don't think of it as far. Hope we'll take a sip of her beer, trying to come up with what to say next. She'll kind of nod knowingly. Are you looking for work? Ah, uh, just looking for people. You ever heard of Tabacho Flair? There's a considerable physical reaction. Tobacco Fleur is not something a prime would know about. It's an interesting person to want to meet. Met a lot of interesting people here so far, but his name just keeps coming up. Mm, yeah. Very dangerous. You sure you want to meet this Tabacho Flu? Got nothing else to do. Hmm. You can find his cantina towards the center of the hive. There is a cluster of buildings and within it, an alleyway where you can find the entrance to this place. You will see that um, there will be someone at this intersection selling um, frog on a stick. And um, just ask him about the cantina and you'll get your directions from there. You got it? Center of Hive. Pig on the stick, Fender. Or not pig, frog on the stick. <laughs> and then you will be given direction. Hope I'll nod. Thank you. 
and then now, finish your drink nearby. If you if you are well received, let him know that um, you were sent by Sorry, I'm getting the name. <clears throat> you were sent by Spatulo. Spatula? Spatulo. <laughs> but if it does not go well, my dear, perhaps don't say anything at all. Spatulo. Amazing. Well, I never was able to hold my liquor very well. And then I'll finish my drink and walk back to the table. Okay, you walk back to the table, and Nash still has the tiefling uh, dancer on his lap. The halfling woman is just sort of standing next to Stanley. And <laughs> Pharrell and the orc are just like having this really awkward, weird conversation. Just It's just he keeps posing as tough, and she keeps trying to be nice, but it comes off as disingenuous, so it's just really just awkward and she opens up and says listen I can dance for you and show you my things my private parts privately would you like to do this jeez Toyota Stump cares little or anything but such things good then that is a yes she gets up from your lap <clears throat> which there's a great sense of relief even being as strong as you are she's quite heavy <laughs> and, <laughs> and and she reaches out her hand to you I'll extend to take it and lean my head back trying to talk to Stanley Stanley my character's gotten me in trouble yeah you made decisions that probably you shouldn't have but they were decisions that Toyota Stump would make <laughs> Well, uh, what would Toyota Stump do if he wanted out of this situation? He would. Um, and I stand up real quick. I am hungry. I must eat. And I start walking the other direction. Where into the bar? I do not know. Okay. Uh, she follows you and says, I have food available in my room. Good. Join me. She reaches out her hand. My hunger is of the executions. I wish to see them. I must. Toyota Stump must leave swiftly. <laughs> Orc looks because uh, you're sort of standing now in the middle of the the, the club, and the, there's a couple of orcs who are sitting. You know, you're getting near the stage, and the orc turns around and says, Hey! Noisy mouth! Quiet with the dance! I'm trying to enjoy myself. Toyota Stump speaks when he wants, and as loudly as he pleases. Alright, the orc pushes out his chair and stands up, turns around, and he says, You need to calm yourself down. The only calming Toyota Stump requires is the connection of his mighty fist into the gut of those who interrupt him when he looks for snacks. Is that 
Okay, is that an intimidation roll? Sure. Is... Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Ten. You think I'm scared of a scale face? I think you smell... I think... We both think at the same time. <laughs> go ahead, go ahead. I think you smell of poles caressed by strange beings from other lands. Well, I think you were given birth in a field of shit. This is true. Toyota Stump was born in a field of shit, and he was stronger for it. Uh, as this conversation goes on, two of his companions also push out their chairs, turn and get up. What's going on, boss? This one here, I think, is insulting me. And insulting this fine young lady who just wants to bring him to her room to show him her private parts. And instead, he is making belligerent speeches. I would like to shut his face up. And one fist hits the open palm and is like... Like that. Toyota Stump is confused by his arousal. He must go with his friends. Is is that a persuasion roll? Are you trying to trick them? Yes, I am trying to de-escalate. Okay. (laughs) Persuasion, please. Uh, 19. Oh, wait, nope, that's perception. Uh, 14. 14. 14. Ah, it's true, I have been working on my anger. Perhaps you are right, I am just horny. (laughs) We will see about this. And she looks to the orc lady. He looks to the orc lady and he goes, Bring me to your room and show me your parts. And have food there. And she looks and goes, yes, let's do this. And then they both walk off uh, back to it. Like there's a doorway in the back of the club and they both walk through that doorway and out of view. The other two orcs without their leader look around and then turn around, sit down and go back to enjoying the the strip show. I shimmy sideways out of the building. (laughs) Oh, you're exiting completely? Yeah, I exit the building. (laughs) Okay, uh, so All you go right. to exit the building, and you're as you're outside, you see that the gentleman who brought you in, he says, Hey, you're leaving so soon. Sorry. No, Toyota Stump was quick and did not need much time. Ah. Say no more, say no more. He shall wait across the street for his friends, looking gruff. Hmm. Seeing Varel leave, I'll just, Stanley will just look to Hope. Did you get something we can act on? Yeah, I'm feeling a bit hungry. All right, I'll make start making my way out as well. Hope's leaving too. All right, so the tiefling woman on your lap, Nash is like, "Oh no, don't leave. We're just getting started. You're going to stay with me, right?" Nope. Don't you want to hear about my childhood? No, I don't. I lied early earlier when I said it wasn't 
hard. It was very hard. I had a feeling. I don't think I can deal with this kind of sadness. But you seem like a nice girl. I wish you the best of luck. And but maybe uh, you can you can help me. With no, no, probably not. It's. I don't. Do you, you, do you really think I I want to be here and be naked in front of sweaty orcs all day? Do you have a way to help me? You, you seem sad. Uh, not really. Here, here's the. I'll I'll tell you this. Seek out Earth. In a place called the Wastes. You mean like a soil? No, yeah, but that's the name of a. It's a whole other realm. But don't worry. You just look for, ask around for Nash Maggard of the Solar Mines. Are uh, you from there? Yes, that's where I'm from. Take me with you. I can't because we don't know what we're doing yet. And I'll. You'll come and get me. When I'll turn around. I'll go. turn around to these guys and go. She kind of. She wants to go with us. No, we're already gone. Uh, You're on your own, buddy. <laughs> He's family and hopes backs as they walk through the okay, door. I'll realize they're not going to be any help. I'll say, um, all right, stay. You you know what? Stay here, and I'll try to I'll try to come back for you. You better come back for me. I'll do I'll do my best. I can't make any promises, but it's better than nothing, right? Okay, I gotta go. I gotta go. I'll get up and you peel yourself away, and she has a hard time letting go. She's grown immediately fond and attached very quickly, but you extricate yourself roughly and find the exit and make your way out back onto the street. All right. Nash is going to end up with a wife on every plane. <laughs> Perfect. If I get them all pregnant, I can be a planes knocker. Get it? <laughs> oh my god! Get it? Like in yeah. Magic: The Gathering? Get it? <laughs> That's funny. I've been playing a lot of that. So, Magic: The Gathering? Yeah the the arena one, the game. Yeah, it's, it's very, good. It's very good. Very good. Yeah. yeah, it's really good. So you make your way back out into the street. And uh, Varel uh, is on the other side of the road, very far away from the door, and, and Stanley and Hope are standing in the front entrance. All right, start making our way over to Varel. Yep, and then we'll wait for Nash. What do you think so, the odds are he comes out alone? Fifty-fifty. Yeah. <laughs> Do I come out yet? All right, you exit now at the door. You look around, can't see anybody. All right, I'll come out. Oh, I don't see them outside? You don't see them. There's people walking on the street. One guy's like, hey, get out of my way. And there's, you know, there's people on the road. Okay. Uh, I don't know where to go. I'm bad at directions, I say to myself. Where have they gone? They really have... They're out of my sight? Uh, do an insight check. Please, All right. Or perception check to okay. look around for them. <laughs> 13? Okay. You catch a glimpse of uh, Varel across the street. And then as soon as you see Varel, you see Hope and Stanley, and they're both looking at you and laughing. All right. I will haul cheeks over that direction. All right. You find them across the street, and you rejoin them. And I'll go, you guys are dicks. What? We thought you were right behind us. <laughs> well, you could have waited. I about got lost. I don't want to get lost here. 
This place is terrible. You seem to be doing just fine navigating on your own. That woman wants me to save her from all this, and I don't know that I have the wherewithal to do it. Yeah, you don't. Don't make promises to people. I didn't. I mean, I told her we might come back, but I'm not planning on it. That's a... Why would you say that? Because That's not something we're planning on doing at all. There's a naked tiefling all over me, not willing to let me go unless I say something like that. I had to say something. So yeah, It wasn't hard. Did you see how easily I got out of there? You know all I had to say? What? I don't have any money. That was it. Lost 100% of the interest. I have a hard time pe- turning people down. All right, look. If we have... I'm not saying we will... But if circumstances allow for it, maybe, and I didn't, I told her it wasn't a hundred percent promise. So maybe we just check on her before we go, if there's a way. And if there's not, that's fine. We'll what just go. What was her name? Uh, Tiefling P. McGillicuddy. Uh-huh. Junior. <laughs> can I roll an insight check on that? Or do I even need to? You can. Oh my gosh, it's a natural one. Yeah! For a total of six. <laughs> you have a moment in your mind where you're like, you should trust Dashbar. You really are hard on him. Maybe he's telling the truth. All right, well, when you decide to go back and get Tiefling P. McGillicuddy <laughs> and save her, Junior, uh, I'm sure it will be very easy for you to find her, acquire her, and have her... Come along and help it with everything. I just mean maybe she'll have a better life with us. This is bad here. Yeah, you just let us know when that fits in with what we're up to. They're all sex slaves. It's sad. We could help. How just... do you know that, Nash? Maybe some what of else those are people they going to want to work there? No, not here. Not in this place. You can see it in all their faces. You can see it. They're miserable. They've spent their whole times at the at the hands of somebody else. They don't benefit from this directly. They're probably threats every day to perform better, be better, look better. And they Man, just you get are used from like the trash. the same world I'm from, it is not all sunshine and rainbows. Why on earth would you present that as a better place for her? I mean, at least she could strike out on her own. Fresh start. She wouldn't have some sort of bounty put out on her by the people here. They wouldn't have to... They wouldn't know. They'd never get there. Mm-hmm. It might be better. Is all I'm saying. It's a better chance than this. He's probably right now going to have to go do it with some eight-horned, you know, eighteen-penis monster, and it's going to be terrible. And sounds like she can make quite a bit of money from that one. Yeah, but then it goes right to some orc a-hole pimp. I think she should go, you know, at least on the waist, like like Hope here, strike out on her own. Besides, you have a whole kingdom full of tieflings that but take her in and give her a new Oh a my new god, shot. excuse me. <laughs> the little athlete tries to get past you as you are talking. And then finally pushes past. What? A halfling? Jeez. Share the road, buddy. <laughs> Is he talking to me? Yes. I'm gonna tear your face off, you shit. <laughs> <laughs> We're having a conversation here. Move. Yeah, whatever. Go pound sand. I'll pound some sand, and then I'll, I'm going to chase him down and throw him on the ground. <laughs> oh, I- Nash, <laughs> back. I'm going to throw Nash. him on the ground. Throw him on the ground. <laughs> Nash is running down the with his spiky armor and his and he 
didn't want to get lost. <laughs> his spiky armor and his demon face and his skulls on the back. He starts chasing his halfling who starts running down the road. Help! I'm going to grab him and throw him on the, the ground. Can I grab him? Can I reach him? Um, He runs pretty fast, so let's do a constitution contest. Okay. See who has more stamina. Would be that's a plus seven, so whoops. Crap. Hold on. We can only roll once. I know I screwed up. <laughs> I'm adding the I'm adding the original number to it. <laughs> I'm adding the original roll I got to the right die. I screwed up what die I rolled. Alright, it's uh oh, it's a nine. That's terrible. Okay. Two and a seven. Uh, well, you three beat, dice you win, rolls got a nine. <laughs> it wasn't three. you win the contest? So you, you, but not by a wide margin. So it takes some time. You chase him for five minutes, uh, running around a corner, down a street, and then down another alley. And finally, you catch up to him. You put your hands on his shoulders and just shove him down into the ground where he falls down. And now you're towering above him, and he's on the ground. I'm gonna and kneel. He's, he's like, he's like, ah, oh, man. Leave me alone! I'm going to kneel down over him, get right up in his face, grab him by the scruff of his neck with my my right arm. With my left arm, I'm going to braise it just slightly and have it... I don't want to cast a spell, so you tell me how this works. I want to just glow hot red fire from that hand. Like you can it's, do that. You have cantrips of, of firebolt, so you can, you all can right. put the firebolt readied in your hand. Yeah, that's what I'm going to do. So like kind of like a Skyrim fist when they come up with spells. I'm just going to go, and I'm going to go, listen, you'll make a lot more friends by not being an a-hole. Now get along your way. Don't let me ever see you again, or I will shove this flaming fist up your corn chute. And then I throw him back down on the ground and get up. Did, did the rest of the party follow or no? I don't know. No. I'm just standing oh. on the street corner. Yep, we're just watching. Or watched him go. He's like, okay, okay, I'm sorry, man. I'm, I'm, so, I'm sorry. Uh, I'll try to be more polite, okay? I, I don't want to die today. Good, go. Wait. Wait, what? You wouldn't happen to, you wouldn't happen to have, say, like 10 gold, do you? It no. Would really help me. No, go. Get. I have no money. The fist is coming out again there, Jasper. Get on okay, your okay, way. Okay. And he's starting to run. He takes off. <laughs> he takes off down the road. Uh, okay, and now you're in an alley by yourself. All right, I'll head back to the direction I came from. Try to calm him. All right, down. so you... He, right, ca he just caught me at a shitty time. That's what happened there. <laughs> he couldn't oh, have been a something? worse moment to piss me off. Okay, okay. So listen, I need, I'm going to need you to make a roll. Uh... Let's do a history roll, please. Okay. Oh, I'm trying that. to figure out which way you came. Let's see how observant you were in, in this. Plus three. All right. Fourteen. Okay, so you find your way back to the group. You, you're able to backtrack uh, where you walked, and, you know, but ten minutes goes by to the rest of the party. Nash finally shows up again. Uh, is, it, uh, is it safe to say we gathered our weapons when we left? Yeah. Yeah, we don't have to role play all the minutia. Sure. Before we end up in a situation where it's like, well, you didn't grab your weapons. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. that's fine. You got your weapons. Um, so yeah, you make your way back, and she's back looking all kerfuffled, but no worse for wear. All right. 
Nash, if you're done accosting smaller people walking down the street. The guy was a prick. Please... He was a prick. Well, it takes one to know. <laughs> Can we please figure out what to do next? Hope, what did you learn? Well, like I was... Uh, what I learned is that we have to go to the center of the town. There's going to be an alleyway, and in front of that alleyway, there's going to be someone selling frogs. Uh, we ask them about a local cantina in the area, and he'll point us the way. All right. Well, that's enough to get us started at least. I say we go with that. All right. So if everyone's ready, Lady Despair and the Rambunctious Bunch begin making their way to the center of town. Uh, you get a sense of which way is the center of town because the street signs actually point to a part of the hive and there are very few street signs, but one of them says center town. And so you take that as a cue to go to the center of town. Um, <clears throat> walking to the center of town, uh, it's going to take a bit of time. So... Uh, about an hour or two goes by, and you feel that you're nowhere closer. At least you don't have any indication of this, and it becomes night. And nighttime in Sigil is like nighttime in real life, so it is very. It is a lot darker. Um, you can see there's no street lamps in the hive, so you can't see the street very clearly. Um, the windows, however, will have candlelight, uh, you know, shining from them. So you do see, you know, spots of activity in life throughout. Um, so you are now in an intersection somewhere deep within the hive and it's become night uh, as you walk past this one particular intersection you hear shouting of like no poof no please please poof there's someone smacking someone else I beg you stop poof do you continue on your way or do you respond to this Stanley's going to continue on his way. I'll follow. This is like follow. ESO. I'll be an ESO in a city and people do this to me all the time. Warrior, if I could have a moment, I'd just run right <laughs> past him. All right, so we're walking right by the sounds of violence uh, happening. Okay, and you begin making your way even farther into uh, the city, even though it's quite dark. And it's hard. Sometimes, like, there's still people out in the street, but you'll see, like, these shadows, and they won't be clear who they are until they get closer, and it's becoming very unnerving now. Um, the yelling that you were hearing when you first got into town is still happening. There's somewhere there is a massive source sound? of sound, like of people yelling and screaming. Another explosion has happened since the time that you had gotten in. Just sort of smoke appears on the horizon but you haven't been able to locate where exactly that's been happening uh, you make your way into the center town you see now that you're in an area where the buildings are almost crooked like buildings sort of lean 10 degrees to the right or left um, at one point a brick had fallen off the top of a building and just landed on the ground near you guys and that was very disconcerting because that could have hurt someone seriously um, but all the buildings are like crooked and leaning over to the side and it's become deathly quiet and you also notice that in this center town area there's no lights on in any windows you explore spending more time walking around and now it's been a solid four to five hours of walking 
you see um, a little light shine in the distance and a silhouette of what appears to be some kind of a vending uh, vending stall. And there's a lineup of people that you can make out in this light too. On the other side of the street, you see that you can begin to hear the din of music, like violins, like... And on the other side of the street, you see that you can hear the converse, uh, the sounds of revelry and music come from an establishment across the street from this vending uh, stall. And as you approach and get closer, you see indeed there appears to be uh, a green-skinned older gentleman working at the stall. There's a lineup of about 20 people getting frogs on a stick from it. And it appears that these are patrons from a bar across from the stall. Doesn't appear to have any name that you can discern in this dim light on the outside. But you hear the sounds of the, the violins going crazy. It's like a river dance. What do you do? <laughs> All right. Uh, we have to talk to the frog vendor, right? So I guess we get in line for that. Okay, you're going to get in line? Is everyone good with waiting in line? All right, so you go to wait in line, and in front of you, there's a human couple that uh, seem to be holding hands. They turn around. The guy, the man turns around, looks at the four of you, and goes, here, go ahead of me. All right. He sort of stands to the side, and he gets in line behind you. Just quietly keeping a stern expression on my face step forward past him okay like it's no difference okay and the line appears to be moving pretty quickly um you're gonna wait in line or you're gonna try and get further ahead in the line Just quietly sit there unless anybody else wants to make a point of it okay um well you know most of the folks in that area seem to be drunk so there's a lot of singing like a, i wish i could be like you this guy's in the line just singing this random song and uh, eventually you make your way to the stall and there's a green-skinned man there and he goes ah, hello how can i help you would you like a pig on a stick small or extra large is it the same guy from the other? <laughs> no. Oh, the other guy was short. It's also oh. a frog, right? Not a pig. Yes, it's a frog on a stick. Did I say pig? You did. I'm getting fruddy daddy in my old age. <laughs> old old tinker not working that good. There. Do you want one? <laughs> I do. I'm starving. All right, small or extra large there, Sonny? Extra large, let's do it. Okay. Supersize me. All right, opens up his pot, stabs one of the frogs, and puts it in the deep fryer. Would anyone else like uh, a refreshing frog? Yeah, I'll have a, a small one. Uh, also, I heard there's a local cantina around here. Hmm. Sure there is. And then he gets, he gets quiet. He nods his head that way. And you see behind him there's an alleyway. And down the alleyway there's a little lamp. Like a like a candle, you know, lamp. And then under the lamp you see this sort of door. Just solid metal door with like what looks to be a slot for like opening and shutting. 
Anyone else would like a frog on a stick? Sure, I'll take one for the road. Small or extra large, Jenny? Small will do fine. Raggard. And he takes the small one, puts it in, fries up. Varel, you having anything? No, I will stay stern and quiet. You're in your tornado stump pose. Yeah, yeah. I'm it's a good sound garden song. In my Toyota stump pose. All right. Um. So the the he prepares the frogs on a stick for you guys. He serves them one to each of you, and he continues serving the rest of the line. Thank you. Having a good evening. Don't get too drunk. Thanks. And then Hope will start heading down the alleyway. Okay. Yeah. Follow Hope. Yeah. All right. You make your way down the alleyway in your matching outfits. And you're now at the door. And as we move, I eat the frog. Okay. You guys are all eating your frogs. Yeah. Uh, but you're now at the door. There's no one in this alleyway. The light is shining down on the four of you. Uh, alleyway looks uh, pretty clear of any trash or detritus. The building's crooked, though, but apart from that, door is a burgundy color. Cool. Hope will knock. All right. Bung, bung, bung. And then the metal slide door opens. It goes, what is it? Heard there was a cantina around here. Wanted to check it out. Who's asking? Say the name. <laughs> Hope will be quiet for a minute. Close her eyes and take a deep breath and answer Lady Despair and the Rambunctious Rascals. <laughs> the, the slot closes and nothing happens. And then after a moment, you hear it and the door kicks open. <laughs> well, come on in. Hope will come in. All right, as you, as you enter into this small chamber, you see that it's sort of this weird um, cloud-shaped being. So it has like a small base, it's sort of oily, and then it gets really skinny, and then there's a chest that moves up, and inside the chest area are two eyes and a mouth, and there's these two little hands, and this is the being that was behind the door. It goes, make your way in. Hope will nod and make your way in. Yep, okay. Closes the door behind you, locks it up. The lighting is very dim, and the stairs lead down. And you begin walking down these stairs, clunk, 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 and you hear the sound of trumpets. And as you walk down, uh, you open up into this large space. And the lighting is dim, but there are people standing in various corners of this room. Off to one side, there is kind of this bar, this floating island bar that's in the middle. There are tables everywhere, little cubbies. Um, but what gets your attention the most is that there appears to be this kind of a dance floor. But on the dance floor, there's this, this it's graded. It's not like nice. It's like a graded uh, bottom, you know? And immediately on the other side of the dance floor, encompassing a large space, is a blue dragon. And he's just sitting in this bar. He's looking big and, and, and very rotund. And he seems to be sitting on this, this chair, this sort of couch-like chair designed for him. And he's 
lounging belly up on this chair. A blue dragon, and you say? It's a blue dragon. Black dragon. And, okay. Nope, blue dragon. Blue dragon. <laughs> and and the dragon, uh, his head is pointed out uh, over top, and, and someone, this little being, has walked up to him and given him this pipe, and the dragon goes, and then out of his nose comes this weird smoke. And the thing that you notice is that the dragon has a monocle on one eye, and he's wearing also this kind of beret on the top of his head. Um, and he's just... In, he just appears to be enjoying the, the music that's being played by the trumpeters as a group of trumpeters and he's he's bobbing his head sort of back and forth listening to the trumpeters play their music and there appears to be you know several people uh, around him including uh, including what appears to be a large stone person and you recognize it as likely some kind of a rock golem because you know monsoon cabbage had one of these and so there's a rock golem standing there there also appears to be several um very attractive looking women that are sort of cuddled up like almost like you know how um little baby dogs will like hang out near the mothers but it's like it's like they're kind of like that on his stomach they're lounging on his stomach you know all these attractive women uh, like four or five of them uh are hanging out uh, by his stomach and um yeah you walk in and you sort of take all this in and and are just You know, you're you're able to observe. You've come into this place, and you know, you don't feel like anyone's noticed your arrival yet. So the bar is just doing what it's doing, including the dragon. He's not. He's sleeping. You know, he's watching the the trumpeters play the trumpet music and smoking from a pipe. Cool. And then everyone else in the bar is just chilling, dancing, drinking, having a good time. Uh, not a lot of dancing here. You see a lot of people sitting at tables talking with each other. But one thing you do notice from observing is that everyone is heavily armed. There are people with swords and shields. And it almost looks like interesting devices, interesting pieces of armor. Everyone in this place looks like trouble. Nice. Well, hope we'll start heading to the bar to order a drink. Okay. And there's a man at the bar, and he looks to you, and he says, What will you have? Give me the house special. Uh, the, the house? Three others. The house is special. Okay. And then he goes to a tap. He takes out a, a cup, and it's a clay mug, fills it up, puts it. That's a go. That is a gold piece. Hopeful nod at Varel. Pardon me, Stump. <laughs> oh, and pull out a gold piece and place it on the table. Barkeep nods, takes it, and walks away. Uh, Hopeful then look around for tables that are open. Place is packed. There are no open tables, just the bar. All right. Um, she'll continue to sit at the bar uh, with everyone, maybe try to overhear some conversation, see if there's any kind of social way to start chatting with people. Okay. Uh, <laughs> perception, then, please. Let's see how your eavesdropping does. A 12. Okay. So... 
you weren't able to really throw your hearing around or listen, but there are two there are two beings sitting pretty close to you. Uh, I'm assuming the rest of the party's also taking a seat at the bar. Yeah. Is that right? Yeah. So closest to you, Hope, there's two, uh, you know, about three foot tall. Like, they look like very slimy green with very black beady eyes um, and, like, like, razor teeth, and they're, they're speaking to each other. And you managed to overhear a little bit of the following, like, the shipment of crotons has gone missing, and we will need them for salads. <laughs> well, it is not my fault. The shipment of crotons went missing. It was assured that they would arrive on time. Oh. Well, I still have not figured out who took the missing croutons. But when I do, rest assured, there will be hell to pay. Oh. You are right. Perhaps we can find some assistance in knowing who took the croutons. Was this approved? If so, we are in big trouble, brother. Yes, I know. We will have to ask Tobacho what he thinks. When they say the name Tobacho, do they kind of nod at the blue dragon? No, they're just speaking to one another. Hmm. I hope we'll finish your drink. And then she'll go, hey, it's always this busy Kind of drunkenly. To the air or to those two? To the, the crouton losers. <laughs> <laughs> what is it you want, wench? I was just curious. It was always this busy. This is our first time here, you know? We're new to the area and all that. They do look at each other. They're like, find someone else to bother, wench. All right. Watch your ugly face here. Hope will make a surprised face, like yeah, he's talking, and then she'll look around the bar for uh, tiefling, lizard folk, half elves, humans. Okay, well, there's examples definitely of uh, humans, <laughs> um, but uh, if, uh, narrow that down. <laughs> oh, sorry, just a, a group. Uh, where we have a race in our group so we could more easily kind of integrate in there. There's more of a chance that we'd be accepted. Okay, perception or insight, whichever you choose. A nine. Okay, so you look around, you see that there are a lot of patrons, everyone's armed, and you're looking for someone that maybe you feel you could relate to, but everyone here feels like there's something sinister about everybody that you look at. There's no approachable people. There's nobody here who's having a good time, apart from the dragon who's nodding his head and watching the violinist play. Everyone here, there's attention. Even though it is a bar, there's no sense that people are here for revelry at all. Not like, you know, the place upstairs that you saw or um, Daddy Longlegs. There's a tension undercutting everybody you look at and as soon as you look at somebody they kind of look at you and their eyes cut and there's almost a suspicion to it and now that you've been here for a little bit and you're looking around at people you notice that when you go to look at people they're looking at you already most of the time so it's not like you're not un unnoticed here you're very noticed Okay, well, in that case, hope we'll just lay low, order another drink, chat with the party for about an hour to kind of just feel things out and watch how everything goes. Okay, perfect. 
So you uh, wait some amount of time, and eventually a shadow seems to creep up over you. And who's sitting to your right? I don't know. Oh. Same me. Stanley? Okay. The shadow sort of creeps up over both of you, and you both feel shoulders, uh, a hand on your shoulder. Hope you on your left, Stanley, you on your right. And then you hear a voice. Well, what do we have here? And you go to turn and look, and you see that there is a um, a large, like, just a humongous, muscular human. Uh, but he's uh, very dark-skinned, and he has what appears to be an actual eye patch. Not like Varel's makeshift eye patch, but he has an actual eye patch. And there's like a there's a skull, you know, depicted in the eye patch, and it's emblazoned with silver. He's got a lot of chains around his neck. There's those chains. Yep. And then he's also got he's like his hair is very dreaded, um, and he's wearing what appears to be almost like a white gown. You know, that's the least thr- intimidating thing about him. He's wearing this sort of white gown. Uh, now, this is the first time I've seen you here. What well, brings you to this establishment? I'll be damned. Lady Despair, did I tell you? Look at this. I told you they made them big down here. Told you they made them big and dangerous looking, huh? And I'll slap them in the belly. Wow. Humph will finish your drink and tell the bartender, order another one for our new friend. Welcome. It's our first time in. And Stanley, you were right, I owe you. Uh, greetings, friend. Name's <laughs> not Stanley. Uh, n- name's uh, Brill Darrow. Pleased to meet you. We've been looking for people of your caliber. You don't know how hard it is to find places like this. This has been a, a true challenge for us and been sitting around keeping an eye on your establishment and might I say it is full of fine characters. Well, I'm glad I meet with your approval. I am Jalver. Jalver. Is that a name you just generated? Two, four, six, oh, one. Was generated from the main uh, NPC There Will Be Dungeons name generator. All right. <laughs> I'm Jalver. Scott just needs to know if they get Yeah, a I just want to do this every time. Whatever you're doing. <laughs> Jalver. That is a fine name. Fine name indeed. As I said, name is Brill Darrow. This is Lady Despair. Right over there, we have Toyota Stump and uh, this pleb amongst us. What's your name? Me? Yeah, the new guy. <laughs> pleb. Uh, what did you say yours was, John? Uh, Brill Darrow. <laughs> Brill Darrow. Um, my name is Nuts Phenom. <laughs> <laughs> the latest processor from AMD. <laughs> Nuts phenom on account of my phenomenal nuts. <laughs> you, didn't, you didn't disappoint. <laughs> what what kind of name is Nuts Phenom? <laughs> the kind my mother gave me now. Back off. Oh, partner. 
What's with the bad vibes? Don't go after He's me. always this way. Don't mind him. He's a pleb. We just picked him up off the street. You know how it is. These folk. Show mm. up. They gotta feel tough. They gotta give themselves a tough name. Alright. Well, I came to see you because if I'm not mistaken, this is your first time visiting Tobacco's lair. It is. I've not seen you here before. And I thought perhaps I could offer my services to you. Well, that's mighty kind of you to make your way over here to speak with us. Uh, what services do you think you'd be able to provide? Well, simply assuring that you survive your visit here and make it out alive. Appreciate it. Very mm -hmm. kind of you. Uh, what is your relation to Tabacho? in this organization here. <laughs> he laughs kind of menacingly. Doesn't say anything more to that. Obviously, as you can tell, we're new. So perhaps the first courtesy you could extend us is a little information. I'll give you a little bit. More will cost. But you are, are in the very lair of the great Tabacho. This is the seat of all power within Sigil. If you've come to make your business known with Tobacho, be sure to have a gift ready and be extra sure to be complimentary. Any more advanced tactics in your negotiation with Tobacho, you will have to pay for. And it will not be cheap. But do not be angry with me. I wish to make friends. Well, that's all we're looking forward to. We're looking for friends. Speaking of which, we want to make sure we hit things off on the right foot. What sort of gift do you think someone like the great Tabacho would enjoy? Hmm. Well, he does love ladies. So if you have something nice for the ladies to have as a gift, he would be very grateful in extending them a flattering courtesy. Tobacho himself has all he could want, and if he does not have it, they are not tastes easily sated. So gestures of friendship towards his harem are always welcome. Alright, no business interests that we might be able to assist with. Business is for after. You'd like to be on Tobacco's good side when you conduct your negotiations, yes? Of course. Hmm. And did you wish to speak with Tobacco today? Well, as you said, I wouldn't want to take up his time without the proper offerings to give. We want to set a good first impression, and of course, if things prove lucrative for all of us, I think we would speak quite highly of the person who set us on this path well if you mean to leave without speaking with Tobacho I don't think that's a good idea perhaps I have a gift that I can sell to you no I think I've got something well if you have something prepared then so be it and so we just walk up and say hey 
No, I will set an appointment for you. The fee for setting the appointment will be 50 gold. Hope will kind of nod and then she'll glance over at the ladies and the dragon, who she's assuming is Tabacho, and see if she can't see Mulder somewhere in there. Okay, perception roll or insight, your choice. Actually, perception, please. Perception. No choice anymore. Uh, 18. All right, you glance an eye over at the dragon and look at the people surrounding him and you don't see any sign of a handgun at all. Okay. So, can I set that appointment for you? Varel, are we good to schedule this appointment? Stump. Oh, stump. Well, that you bring up a good topic. Are you going to insist on your made-up names or use your real ones? What do you mean, made-up names? Tobacco does not like people who deceive him. I would recommend that you use this lie to me as a lesson. The next lesson you learn may come at a high cost. Are you calling Nuts Phenom a liar? <laughs> I would recommend that you be careful and not use that tone when speaking with Tobacco. I'm going to whisper something to Stanley. Can is he if I whisper something can this dude hear it? He can see that you're whispering to him, yeah. He might not hear it though. I'm just going to go I'm going to go Stanley. I have the umbrella dildo. I wonder if his hair would Okay, that sounds fine. That might be a good gift, is all I'm saying. The ladies like it, like the, like the, you know. Sure. Yeah. Sure. Yes, I get it. All right. So can can I set that appointment for you? Yes, please do. Please give fifty gold to the barman. Okay. Look to Varel. Yep. Stumps hand over that 50 gold. <laughs> All right. I hand it over still in character, gruffly. Very good. I shall come back in about 10 minutes and let you know when you're to meet Tobacco. And then he steps away. Unless you want to stop? No, this, was, this would have been to them once he walked away. <clears throat> All right. He steps away and he seems to walk uh, back to a <laughs> he seems to walk back into um, an archway that's sort of in the side of the bar area and disappears from view not 100% sure these made up personas are working out great mm, no I think well, it's they were working out until, until one of them said Varel <laughs> <laughs> yeah Stanley you cracked at a turn I mean What's your name? What's his real name? What's his fake name? <clears throat> Brill Darrow. Brill Darrow. I'm just saying it seems that they know something's up. And it's not just 
Pharrell over here that they have figured out. So, maybe we go a little more honest with this. Okay, and as you have that conversation, you notice that um, Jalvair emerges from a doorway uh, near where the dragon is laying, and he walks up to the dragon, and then he whispers something. He puts a hand up, and you see him whisper something into the ear of the dragon. And then Jalvair walks away. And then you hear the dragon go, Huchuta! And the violins immediately stop playing, and the conversation on the bar ceases immediately. And the dragon looks and says, Ebenchu Kabo Dibada. <laughs> and then the, the rock golem moves to in front of the dragon. The dragon is draped across this large couch, ginormous couch. And the rock golem stands in the center and says, The master Tobacho summons the lady despair and her rambunctious rascals. All right. Go stepping forward. We'll get up and go. All right, so you get up and make your way onto the graded flooring that's in front of Tobacho. It only goes well, you guys. Yep, and make your way to uh, in front. Now the rock golem is standing on it with you. Yeah. And the dragon looks around and goes, hmm, hmm, he looks at you, hmm. A chupatateka impentusi. And the rock golem looks back to the dragon and looks to you and says, The great Tabacho welcomes you to his lair. Does he have uh does his head come out in big tentacles and wrap around his neck or anything? No? No. Okay. It's just a large rock golem. He's made entirely of rock, and when he talks, a place where the mouth is lights up a little bit. Is he speaking draconic? If he's speaking draconic, you don't recognize it. Okay. It is like it, it, it's it's it almost sounds draconic, and you think you can make out the words, but there is something ancient in the syllables. So Nash Maybe. wouldn't under Nash wouldn't understand it, given his uh, no. Okay. But you understand enough of it to realize this is old draconic. Okay. Very very old draconic. Like the Hatesian dialect of Dracon. Uh, all right, I Stanley will uh, step forward, kind of give like a bow and a gesture as if he's speaking for Lady Despair. Oh, wait, we're dropping that. Um, illustrious Tabacho, uh, thank you so much for welcoming us into your home and granting us this audience we of course have come forth with a gift mm, for the gift hope will pull out scully and hand it to stanley uh, the great tabacho says he is intrigued Stanley will 
step forward and give Hope just a little look like, are you sure about this? Hope will nod. He'll step forward and hold up Scully and present it. I present to you this fine weapon. Forged from our world. It is a powerful item and one that might be a good companion to other treasures you might have acquired. Hmm, hmm. Impantico The rock golem turns around, looks at you, and says, The great Tobacco thanks you for this gift. And then a goblin uh, scrawls out from underneath the couch that he's in, runs out, and goes, Gimme, gimme! Mine, mine, mine! Hand it to the goblin. He takes it, and he spins it. And he's like, Oh! Oh! And he runs back and dives under the couch with the gun. Uh. Impuntu istibi a cruncho igracte. The great Tabacho would like to know why you have come to seek his help and wisdom. Well, exalted one, uh, we are travelers from another world, as I said, and it has come to our attention that the portal back to our world is under your diligent, watchful eyes. We would like to make use of this portal if you would allow and know what you would ask of us for access. Sorry, did you say, mention the word Earth in your sentence? I just, I heard no. everything. I just, no. No. Imbandu stide kompacha. The great Tabacho would like to know which of the portals interests you. The portal we're looking for leads to a place that, uh, at least where we're from, is called Earth. There's a there's a hushed from around uh, from around the clientele. Imbisto Earth Itangi Achube Achuta. The great Tobacho says. It is very unusual for one to ask for a portal to Earth. It is a cursed place. Well, you're not wrong, but it is home. Ibida fustan kenti hebeje. Rakan looks to you and says, "The great Tobacho." may be able to assist you with this provided an appropriate compensation is made for this knowledge naturally we wouldn't expect such services to come for free what is it you would ask of us in exchange for this service 
And then he looks to one of his uh, the women that are seated on his belly, and he takes his big dragon tongue out and licks from like you know leg to face, just like it's like that. And the rock golem turns to you and says, "The great Tobacco." has an item that he is interested in procuring. And he needs some able bashers to collect it. How fierce is your fighting? I think you'll find that we can be up to the task. Obodi stando kebech. The great Tobacco says that he has an item that he needs special people to procure for him. Details will be provided in a non-public place. Jalver can help you. Very well. In exchange for this item, we would be allowed use of the portal. In Bendo Stida Kabaji. The great Tobacho agrees that if you procure, do this service for him, he will provide you with information on where your portal is. And the means with which to access it. Urban Deca. <laughs> the great Tobacho says, of course, he is an honorable businessman, and there is no business that occurs in Sigil that does not go through him. Very well. We will obtain the details from Jalver, and we thank you for your audience. He waves a hand away, and then the viol- the trumpets begin playing. And conversation begins to pick back up, and Tobacco, uh, you know, as he waves away, he turns to the pipe, takes a. Let's add a big billowing cloud of of exhalation that engulfs all of you. And he turns and he snuggles his face in his harem of women. Um, um, as we're backing up, Hope will say in Draconic that Spatula senses your guards. Impintangosti mm. Ancho. And the golem turns and says, The great Tobacco wonders why you would say the name of an infidel to him. I knew it. He's awaiting your response. The dragon head... Oh, yeah. <laughs> Technical difficulties. But I'll describe uh, the dragon head moves away uh, from the women and cuts through the fog and then approaches right in your face. And you feel his warm nostrils 
breathe upon you. Well, without him, we wouldn't have found you and been able to help with this request. And each syllable he says, you can feel hot breath. Uh, it smells like steaks and also stink, like fiery, sulfury stink. Impituka echudibido stendodo. And the rock golem appears by your side and says, The great Tobacco advises, nay, counsels you to stay away from Spatulo and any other infidels. They mean to disrupt business and are not healthy for you. Hope will nod deeply and back away. F furthermore, if I may, and Tobacco goes back to his harem, but the rock golem continues to address you. If you are able to capture this spatulo and deliver him to us, we would pay you handsomely for this. Hope we'll just nod and keep backing up. Okay. You keep backing up and you hear a <clears throat> from behind. And as you guys look, Jalver is at the door. He said, would the rambunctious rascals like to come this way, please? I'll head that direction. We'll All right, and the rambunctious rascals move into a single file, move into this passage of graphite walls as you move down the hallway into the darkness and into whatever adventure is waiting for you next week. Wow. On There Will Be Dungeons! Yeah! Woo! I really like that place. I expected uh, somebody to show up with a thermal detonator any minute now. <laughs> that was great. All right. Uh, there you go, folks. Hope you enjoyed today's episode. I know I did. If you did, hey, you know, there's a way to support us and make it all worth your while. Head on over to therewillbedungeons.com and be a Dungeon Plus supporter. It's right there on the site and super easy to get in there. Some of the things you'll get, for example... A bonus show every month and you'll get it a week before anybody else gets it you got it last week those fine people did if you're not getting it till today well that's because you know you're not supporting us so go over there and do that get in there make it happen and be a part of the future of there will be dungeons i think that's everything am i forgetting anything no uh nope, there will be all good that's phenom <laughs> yeah thank you <laughs> nuts phenom. phenom bows out uh next week we'll be at it again Find out what happens next on There Will Be Dungeons. Therewillbedungeons.com. You'll find all our Twitter accounts there and everything else. Uh, so do that and uh, hang out there and enjoy. And let us know if you have any questions. Oh, that's the other thing. We do a lot of Q&A during that bonus show. And if you want your questions in, whether you're a supporter or not, you can do that. And you can do that by going to the site. It's right there. There's a big old form to fill out. Send your questions. We'd love them. Therewillbedungeons.com. That's going to do it for us. For me, for Bo, for John, for Kyle, for Kristen, and for Baby Chunks. We'll see you next time. This show is part of the Frog Pants Network. Frog Pants Network. Get more shows like this at frogpants.com. Bike.